Sports Network production. Now to your host. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? It's another Sunday night. We are here live on the Variety Sports Network with the Talk in the Gridiron NFL show. Just the two of us for now. We might have a couple people pop in, but if not, we're still got. Uh, we still do have a lot of good football, and I'm glad because going into the weekend didn't necessarily look like the best slate. Uh, we get a celebration Sunday for the two of us that are here. We don't normally get that because both of our teams won. The Bills won in Detroit, and Detroit won in New Jersey. And the Jets losing streak in New England will be old enough to start first grade in the uh, upcoming season. So, again, talking the gridiron here on the Variety Sports Network. Myself, Jimmy Pilato, and I'm joined by one half of the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast, Darren Briere. Uh, you had a good Sunday. I watched your game while I was watching the, the Bengal game, and uh, it couldn't have gone much better for you. I guess you could have not waited till overtime, but how was uh, how was the day? How was watching your, uh, your guys take a big win? Uh, it was a good. It was at this point of the season when your team is like that, right? There's like these mixed feelings with <laughs> as the game is going on. But anytime you can beat the Broncos and get two wins over them uh, in a season, like I told you before going into the year, that's the number one rivalry. So I'm going to take a, a win like that. And only the Broncos can do what the Raiders uh, are doing and leave the best player wide open uh, to end a game. So only the Broncos could do that. So I was definitely feeling good about that. But I was curious checking out a few of the games. I still have my survival pick. Uh, alive going into this week uh so i was really watching i had picked the bills this week against the browns so i was really checking out on that game a little bit too and uh there was some odd matchups this week i thought as well like nothing like jumped off the table except for the sunday night games but there turned out to be a few really good games yeah a lot of them like the pittsburgh and cincinnati game would have been more exciting hiding in pittsburgh was a little bit better we're going to talk about all of the games, but before we get into all that, uh, this is the exclusive home here on the Variety Sports Network for NFL content. We are live after every Sunday night football game. Uh, some version of us, Darren and I, switch back and forth hosting. Um, so we we have this show every single week. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching on the social medias, follow at Variety underscore Sports underscore. Uh, and be sure to leave a like and a comment. You can leave your thoughts, and uh, we'll we'll see. If they have any merit, we like to put up uh, a lot of comments here. And I guess this is uh, where our our fan base is starting off here, Darren. Uh, Logan, <laughs> I thought that he'd be a lot more excited about what happened today, but I think he's he's a little bit more confused, like Mike McCarthy normally is. But the Cowboys go from one of the worst losses to like the most dominant win of the hottest team in the NFL. And it, it, I, I can see where he's coming from. I don't even know anymore. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, the thing too with the Cowboys as well is like how perfect a game they really played today. Like you know, I mean, like it it just was like you couldn't ask for a, a better game on off. You know, especially with Prescott, what he missed have three incompletions the whole game, uh, and then they kind of get Zeke back. That seemed to be. I I was listening to the radio actually the first like five eight minutes of the game coming home from something, and it was funny even on the radio. Like I I made this just kind of this thought. I was like. Sounds like the Cowboys are just getting off the ball better than the Vikings. The way the announcers were kind of just go describing the plays, and then when you look at the scoreboard yeah. and the domination of the yards and stuff, uh, that was obviously the case. And I bet that game last week took a lot out of the Vikings too. I kind of sometimes remember how they always say like a loss can defeat you a little bit. Sometimes a big win like that too can also leave you flat the last week. And I, I think that was the case with the Vikings this week. It's tough too. I mean, you go. 
say you go overtime with what's considered to be one of the best teams in the league, then you turn around and have to play another one of those teams that can be considered one of the tops. Uh, that pass rush for Dallas is legit, especially <laughs> when Micah Parsons is able to go at full strength. Um, we'll get to that game. That's that's uh, we'll get to that game a little bit later on. So if you're a Cowboys fan, Logan, it's I know it's late where you are. Stick around. We're going to get to the Dallas game before we get into all that. Darren, I want to give uh, – we're going to give our shows out. We're going to pub, pub our stuff here a little bit on the Variety Sports Network because we both both host multiple shows outside of this one. So where can people uh, listen to you and Tyler? I know you guys had a bye week uh, this week. We Nico and I took a bye week too. So it, it was the week to do it. But where can you guys uh, – where can people find your show and, and listen to your content there? Yeah, you can look for us on Twitter at FatboyFadeAway. You can find our link to our YouTube channel there. Um, over hundred, over hundred and ten now. So we're, you know, we're on the way to two hundred now, people. So that's the next, uh, next goal there. So you can help us out with that. Uh, we've been doing a little bit more Warriors post games as well there too, and then obviously doing the Sunday night variety ones here with you. So trying to hit all the sports uh, as much as we can. So yeah, check us out there at Fat Boy Fadeaway uh, on Twitter. There you go. It's uh, one of my favorite ways to start a, a Monday morning. I normally listen to it the day after, but I, my drive into work, I turn on. Uh, you guys and then uh, for my show it's up here if you guys can see now I'm in my new quote-unquote studio we're finishing the basement here up at the house so I have a room again instead of living you know nomadically throughout the house and uh, I got the the sign in the back Rocky who is actually he told me before this Sylvester Stallone's biggest bench warmer that there is loves the show so he listens to it every single Thursday you guys should listen to it every single Thursday at FEO TV pod follow us subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, and we have uh, a lot of stuff I also host the top of the mountain sports uh, podcast which is a division two football podcast and uh, we just had uh, our playoff matchup rivalry matchup in the playoffs uh, between two of our schools in that conference I host that with Rev who could be popping on here any second so that's all of the different places that you can find Darren and myself. Uh, I think it's time to get into football. You're good, good with getting into getting into the meat of the games here, starting off on right. Sunday strong. Let's do it, man. Let's see what you got for us. All right. We're breaking things down kind of in, into fours. So we're starting off. We're going to go chronological order here. Uh, first four games, Tennessee, big win over Green Bay, 27-17 on Thursday Night Football, Atlanta, Beating Chicago 27-24. Chicago once again has another really close loss where Justin Fields shows you he might be the guy, but then also has a very bad pick towards the end of the game. Buffalo wins in Detroit as the home team, 31-23. Uh, that snowstorm in Buffalo, that, that could be something that we talk about, especially because I'd like to get your perspective as the Northern Californian who never sees snow. So we can, we'll talk about that plenty. And then Philadelphia – Still kind of stuck in, in some sort of funk, only a one-point win over Indianapolis, um, 17 to 16. So those are the first four games that we're looking at. Of those four, where do you want to kind of start? And uh, what what kind of – I know you like to take notes as you watch the games. Did you have any notes on these four matchups as we're, we're getting the, the Sunday slate started here? Well, I'll let you take Buffalo. So I kind of gave you a little little head start on them a little bit earlier here in a second. But also, let me start with the Thursday night game, the Titans one. I thought it was kind of funny that on Twitter a lot of people were picking the Packers because they won the week before. And I was like, this just is a this is a Titans game right here, like on the road. The the Packers really aren't that good, but they kind of had that fool's gold with a win the week week before. And I, and then Henry, I just like I think me and you talked about it before and like you as an office mm-hmm. and like it's got to be impressive when you're blocking for a guy like Henry. Just like you just give him a little space and it's just kind of that punishing style that you're probably like you probably like to see 
if you're that style of an yeah, offensive lineman. And like, we always he's, say he's tight- one of those – he's like he's as big as I am. Like how am I <laughs> – he should be blocking for me. I, that's a scary individual to see coming at you. Oh, hi, Derek. <laughs> that's a scary individual. So when I think of him – and I always just kind of, I just kind of like the the Titans. I just keep on my radar. Like I know we had Ryan on a few weeks ago that didn't believe him in him at all. But I don't know. I always said like Titans are a team I wouldn't want to play in the playoffs. I know Tannehill's always a factor, but uh, that's just, I'm, I was impressed with that win. And the Packers to me just continue to be a dead. So that's where I started. The, I'll start with the Thursday night to get us uh, get us started there. Uh, I mean, Rogers had a decent night: 24-39, two twenty-seven, and two touchdowns. But Tannehill. Uh, this was the Ryan Tannehill game. He did give you the bonehead mistake, like in the divisional round. You start off the first pass that you throw is directly to the opposing team safety, but then you back that up with twenty-two of twenty-seven and three thirty-three, two touchdowns. So the offense was clicking. They're using the run game again, and, and that Tractor Cito season is real. Nobody likes tackling Derrick Henry at this time of the year. No, he he has the slow starts and he gets going. This is when he takes over games. This is where Derrick Henry is an absolute game changer. Um, and Traylon Burks is a, a very good receiver. Imagine if they had a guy that was, you know, physical, like to go up, get vertical, and, and another receiving threat to go along with Traylon Burks. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Not to bring up that an old wound, Tennessee, but if you're a Titans fan, you guys traded A.J. Brown when you could have A.J. Brown and Traylon Burks on the same team. Yeah, that that's not always a good decision there. That's uh, and and seeing the way he's playing this year, that's got to be uh, even harder to see that him performing uh, week in and week out. Seven catches for 111 yards today. <sighs> yeah, you know, and, and made Jai, or on Thursday and made Jair Alexander, who's one of the better corners, I think, but he's not playing like it right now. No, and real quick, can I say the Packers? He like you said, they're all- right over the top of him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it froze on me there for a second. Uh, I was just going to say with the Packers real quick, their offense, like the Watson guy coming on, that's kind of seemed to help Rodgers just a little bit with a little bit of life. Like he seems to give them a little energy. They do look a little bit better, but come on, like they just don't look – they don't look the same to me. They look like they're maybe borderline a playoff team here at best. Yeah, I I don't think that they're winning the North even as bad as Minnesota looked today. Yeah. Yeah. If Chicago is able to be, I think, uh, I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe the new studio studio doesn't have quite the internet connection that the old one had. Uh, but I, I wouldn't necessarily trust them in the playoffs, especially if they're not at home. Aaron Rodgers at home is something different. That's why that's the main reason why I was giving my confidence into the Packers because I was listening to the other podcast that I listened to. And they're talking about, Rodgers is 4-1 and one as an underdog at home. He was an underdog at home when Tennessee came in. And I was like, oh, this is great. He's going to find a way. Uh, he's going to throw multiple touchdowns. It, it just seems different. Like, there's no explosivity to this offense. Um, they're finally kind of giving Aaron Jones a little bit more of the workload, but there's still not the years of Brett Favre where the Packers should have been good, and for whatever reason, they just always found a way to get in their own own head and, and blow games. That's kind of where I'm seeing the Aaron Rodgers Packers currently. And I don't know if maybe it's time to move, move on to a Jordan Love. I don't know if Jordan Love is even the answer, but there's 
not, something's not clicking. And that team no. is very is good enough. Christian Watkins is good enough. They should be, they should be like a, a four five seed. Like they're yeah. they don't quite win their division, but they're ten and six, and they're a wild card team that you definitely don't want to see. Right now, I think they're a doormat with whoever they play uh, of the playoff teams that we're going to see. Yeah, no, I agree. I I kind of want to talk about Chicago too, and it fits All because right. of the NFC North. What do you think of Justin Fields for the last couple of weeks? Like it's. It looks very impressive, and it's he's showing like the talent, but there's still I just don't know if he's quite there, and, and I think people are giving him way too much credit because the mistakes that he makes cost them the game. He can he can make plays to keep you in it, and, and I give him full credit for that. But the mm-hmm. interception late in the game when you're trying to to make your comeback and not not always being the most accurate passer, there's still levels to this quarterback game. He's he's like Jalen Hurts was a season and a half ago when Doug Peterson pulled him on Sunday Night Football and then tried to throw that game against Washington. That's kind of where I'm seeing him. What do you yeah. do? You agree? Disagree? Kind of? What do you think about the Justin Fields Renaissance? Well, it's funny. Yeah, you said I take notes. One of them is love. I love me some Fields, and that is one of the notes I have down. I've been saying it now for I think five weeks now on the podcast. Is I think he's getting better. Read you could have this debate as the season goes on. It'd be, it'd be kind of funny. It's like I do believe it. I'm big time. So every time I see him play every week, I'm like, come on, help me out. I'm trying to – I think you can get better. And, I, yeah, I know, like, the yardage, like, he's, he's your – Prove my point. Goal. Prove my point. That's my point, man. Prove my point. But in all reality, I do think he is uh, getting better. The, I know, like, most quarterbacks, like we said, they, the running quarterback style doesn't work. But, man, his his style is impressive. Like, he's, he's able to, like, kind of get out of the pocket a little bit more, and he's able to make plays. I think it's also because the Bears and the Bears just don't ever have a quarterback that's any good. So we think he's giving that feel of like is maybe maybe a little bit better than what he is just because of the franchise he's playing for as well. But I got I got to say I think I've been impressed with the way he's been playing. He's keeping him in games a little bit. I do agree with the poor decision at the end, but hopefully the Bears can start. I mean, when have the Bears like been scoring 24 points a game? That's pretty rare for them. So I, I kind of, if I was a Bears fan, I'd be happy to see that number a little bit. Hopefully they can make, can get this one right because I, it feels similar to the, the end of the Trubisky, the, up until the double doink, the Bears were hosting the playoff game. So Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky made it work. And I saw the same like inconsistencies passing but showing the very athletic ability it, it's God given and nobody else is that fast. Nick Bosa came out today and said that Justin Fields is probably the fastest quarterback in the league. And I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I think that he is faster than Lamar Jackson. He might, Lamar Jackson might have a little bit more quickness, but the way he runs by these defenders, the argument against running quarterbacks in the NFL as well. Those NFL defensive players are athletic enough to catch you. No, they're not. No, no, they're not. Not all of them. Not that guy. No. Uh, that was, I mean, he, he had a decent stat line, 153 and, and a touchdown plus uh, 85 yards on the ground. So 238 and three touchdowns total. So you're, if you're getting that production out of your quarterback position, if you can eliminate the one interception late, I think that's a winning recipe, especially in that division, to at least get you get you back into the playoffs. They haven't been to the playoffs since the double doink. They haven't even come close since the double doink, and they're not going to be close this year. And the Falcons just keep giving their fans heartbreak games week after week. A heartbreak. I mean, who, like this season, like kind of seems like what well, we're like, 
Uh, they might make the playoffs, but you can see them breaking their fans' heart, like you know, towards the end where it looks like they can sneak in or something like that. So I don't know. Like I looked at the Falcons box yeah. score after watching some of the highlights, and I was like, how the heck did they win this game? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like the prettiest like box score out there. You'll see they just have a way of like running the clock, keeping it slow. And uh, to their credit, too, they they just kind of like have a little way of winning these games, and then they also have a way of losing them. They're the weirdest team week in and week out to me they remember last year when they like assembled a full team of first round picks and everybody was like or, or for offense and everybody yeah. said oh this is going to be great because they they have just an abundance of weapons and having the abundance of weapons takes away from anything and now we're seeing them like they have kyle pitts and um i can't think of the, the receiver that they have now the kid from usc what's yeah. his name Oh, uh, it's gonna bug me. I love that. I gotcha. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do. yeah. Uh, they have they have those two guys. Aguilar, their running game and their offensive line. Aguilar. No, bird, 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 bird. Yeah, yeah. No, I it it just their their talent level is lower now. I think Arthur Smith is a very good offensive minded coach, but again, we're seeing a lot of offensive minded coaches kind of struggle in this season because we'll, we'll get to it a little bit later on when we talk about the Raiders and Broncos in depth. Uh, that's going to be another week of Nico crying on my shoulder. And I'm just not going to know how to console him because people are, are pulling out all of the stops and Atlanta. It's, I, I think as a Falcons fan, and, and I wish, I hope that the, the out of Fal, out of your Falcons mind guys come on. I, I yeah, want to get their minds. It. Like, do you want to win each week, or do you just hope that maybe you can raise your draft stock a little bit more because you know how talent talentless your team is? Like, what is? Do we win? Do we want to lose? I I would just like to get in inside the mind. That's the psychology sociology person in, in me. I just want to see what they what they think. From from listening to their podcast, it sounds like heartbreaks always involved somewhere. <laughs> heartbreaks involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, how often, like being, if people know that they're Falcons fans, how often do you think that they're getting asked about 28 to 3? Because that was uh, the question that was asked of Matt Ryan. He was on the bar stool. He was on part of my take, and they go, How often are you talked? Are you asked about 28 to 3? How often does that come up in your normal everyday life? He goes, Well, you just asked me about it. So what do you think? <laughs> very often, very often, too often, probably for him. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, Buffalo and Cleveland, and we'll finish up with uh, the Philly and Indianapolis game. Uh, Sounds good. First time, I can't remember, I saw the stat, but I didn't write it down. Uh, one of the first times that the NFL has had a team being the home team and not their home stadium. Uh, did you see the videos of the amount of snow that was landing in Buffalo and, and what some of the players had to get through to get just get to the airport? Crazy man. I mean, unreal. I, I, I honestly can't even imagine. Can you even imagine? Honestly, I've never. Seen is there snow any fall. equivalent? Because I've never seen snow fall in my life. Is there life. any equivalent that you can? <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing. I can't. I, I mean, uh, no, there's not rain. That's... Rain like rain. That's like slippery rain. Like frozen when it gets cold here, and it gets like too cold from the the fog coming in that it freezes or something. You have to watch out. That's about it. Dude, six inches, six feet of snow. Are you kidding me? Uh, that is unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. No, <laughs> opening, 
It's I, I saw a couple of players, they had opened their garage doors, and you know that because there's a wall of snow that's six feet high that still had the indent of the garage door in it. Uh, I was actually born in in 1997 when they had the a major blizzard here in Colorado and the same thing yeah. happened where the Broncos had to get like dug out of their houses just kind of fly their way out of there um at first I was like no I, I kind of want to see them play that's like the that's what everybody talks about the advantage of playing in Buffalo is that you have to deal with wind and crazy amounts of snow but then I thought about it and the most snow that I've ever been able to play in that was like somewhat feasible. And it really wasn't even that feasible. It was the high school playoffs. Um, It was a blizzard. And by the end of the game, we were up by enough that they just stopped blowing the lines off of the snow. I want to say there was like maybe an inch and a half, two inches just piled up on the turf. I can't imagine. like (laughs) They wouldn't have been able. Think about LaShawn McCoy trying to run through a six foot snow bank. Yeah. Here I am. Here I am. Snow games are the best, though. Like, if I ever see one on on TV, I always jump to it and watch it. There's something about seeing the snow on TV, like, fall and stuff like that. Like, you know, but obviously six feet is six feet of snow. I mean, that's taller than most human beings. They were joking with some of the running backs were smaller than the snow. Like, we get that was kind of funny with like how much was followed there, but like, no, just living out of here, like, dude, like, there's no like chance. Like, I could even imagine, like, I, I'm cold right now and it's like 68 degrees. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, we have our house set at 68 degrees because it's 28 outside. All right, I'll shut up. I'll shut that's up. that's what our air conditioner is, is like normalized at. <laughs> um, that's um, man. I, I thought it might affect the Bills, though, going to uh, Detroit, though. Yeah, it, it's interesting. It, they I like the social media play back and forth between the two teams. Uh, the number, the phone book is by, you know, the phone book is by the fridge. The keys are on the nightstand. Please don't break any of the tables. We need those for Thanksgiving. The social media team posted that for the, for the Lions because they were going on the road and the Bills were coming in and then, Bills posted the video afterwards. Like we left the tables intact for Thanksgiving. We'll see you on Thursday. Uh, it was good that they were able to find kind of a compromise. It was about the same amount of distance between the two initial cities between Cleveland and and uh, Buffalo. Other than the fact that Amari Cooper had like a really good statistical and, and a really good fantasy day because my dad was playing against him and and he got thirty dropped on him in fantasy today. This Brown season has got to be like they deserve it. I'm I'm not saying that they don't deserve it, but this Brown season has got to be one of the more disappointing kind of you know how good your team is. You have probably one or two, the one or one A best running back in in the NFL in Nick Chubb. You have Kareem Hunt, who's the best back to the that's the best tandem in the NFL. Uh, Amari Cooper's playing out of his mind. If you just had a quarterback, oh wait. That's right. It, it, two weeks, it ends. Who knows what it's going to look like because he hasn't played in God almost yeah, two years. Forever. So who knows what he's what he, what he's going to be when he gets back on the field? But that is, it, it seems weird. Like if I'm Jacoby Brissett, how am I supposed to go out there today and compete to try and win for a franchise you know is going to replace you? That's that's a fact. You know, in two weeks, that's your that's no longer your 
Your job. Thank you very much. You got us this far in the season. I wish we would have won a few more games. You can go park your ass on the bench there next to the water cooler because we're going to let this guy go in there and, and try and get his game back. It's just the wildest situation that I can remember for a long time in the NFL. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like the, the Browns are in like a, I don't know, like they still have the, the thing that they're going to play to is like, hey, we got Watson back at the end of the year and whatever they leave to, that'll be like, that'll be like their, their kind of feel good story. That's how they're going to spin it probably going into the next year. Best hope. But the thing that makes the you're right about their quarterback play so necessary is they're I don't feel like they take advantage of their running backs enough in the passing game at all. Like they just don't do anything with them. It's so basic. You know what I mean? Like Kareem yeah. hunts better than the way they use him. I, I just, you know, I, I think they could use him a lot better. Maybe he's talking about a guy probably not motivated. That's probably the guy that not, that's not motivated to give full effort for a team that, you know what I mean? Won't give him a big trade him to it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like that's just a weird deal that that situation along with the Watson one has made it a big deal. And then, you know, Brissett wasn't even that bad today if you look at his numbers. But, he, again, not a, he's just not going to win you. He's not going to win you a, a playoff game. And, if he, you know what I mean, it's just not, he's not going to be like that. But the Browns, three wins, again, they're just they're going to be lucky to get to six wins again. It's amazing how their franchise falls into this trap. I mean, they're in your division. You see it year in and year out. Uh, yeah, and I see them also just they, – they demolished my team. They own Cincinnati. That's the worst part about it. it like, think back to the – that's true. Monday night game a couple weeks ago. I had to, I was listening to that game on the radio. I had to turn my radio off. That's how embarrassing that was. But for whatever reason, everyone else has a 50-50 shot of beating them every single week, and they can never sustain any kind of success. Um, so, yeah, they're they're just a head-scratcher. I, I think the Browns are going to continue to be a head-scratcher until, until we figure out if Deshaun Watson is going to get his game back. If we figure out, yeah, this guy is is good to go again, then then they turn into a, a scary contender until something else something else falls off the hinges. But I feel like that's when that's kind of the litmus test that we have to see. So it's kind of unfair to try and pinpoint where the Browns are because a backfield of Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb, I personalities aside, I really would like to see that. Yeah. That intrigues me as a football fan. Yeah, no doubt. I would agree. Yeah, that's what makes their season got to be probably frustrating again for their fans. I see something like that. You know, they're like, you know, they just they have all that potential. They have like this great defensive end. They get Cooper, and again, they just can't put it together. The Bills, to me, also just real quick back to them with this game was I just they kind of I don't know. I, they, I had them as like a Super Bowl favorite, and they're just. They're kind of in a weird spot. Maybe it's the middle of the season right now, but they're, they're just a little lackluster right now. Yeah, I, I agree. And the second half has been their kryptonite. That's what they talked about. I think today they kind of broke – they finally broke their streak, but they hadn't scored a touchdown. Josh Allen hadn't thrown a touchdown in the second half in like six weeks. Crazy. Since the very beginning of the season. They just jump out and pound you in the first half. That's not just – that's not how you win games, in the, especially when you have to go up against – the Chiefs and we're going to get to the Chiefs because they're one of those interesting teams they're playing in the Sunday night game as we're currently live um, which I can give a score update if I was I wish we had a producer that would oh no that game actually has gone final and Kansas City did right it went final right now it's 30 30 to 27 yep yeah they're um, so the Mahomes does it again I think the Bills 
Yeah, you can't you can't think that you're going to get up 30 points in the playoffs and and not score in the second half and, and say that you're going to move on. Pat, Patrick Mahomes, when he won his Super Bowl, came back from double digit deficits every single week, every single round of the playoffs. That's not you. You have no right to think that you have the ability to do that. And there there are some teams. I think there's a lot of cockiness here in the last two games that we're going to talk about. Did you see Nick Sirianni after? No, I didn't. They won that game. No, I missed it. What happened? First, had some Philadelphia fans up in the row. It had some Philadelphia fans up in the front row. He jumps up on the bench and he's staring at him. He's like giving him the this. It's similar to when uh, I think they beat Houston on a last second field goal. And he's like, that's fucking game. And he gave him like the double bird or something on the way out. He's done this a couple times this season, which is strange for an NFL head coach. But yeah, he turned to the crowd and was like hyping him up. It's like, First off, everybody knows Jeff Saturday isn't qualified to be coaching this team. He won the game last week. Great. I think that was more of Josh McDaniels just not really knowing how to be an NFL head coach. Uh, yeah, I mean. and, and he did it worse than Jeff Saturday. But yes. there's no reason to be treating this. You should have dominated this game. You should have dominated them. And then if you're on the Colts side, how are you not spying – how are you not spying Jalen Hurts in in the side of the five on the last play of the game? You're like, oh, there's no way. He, quarterback run? He doesn't run. He's gonna throw it. Let's get into let's get into our prevent defense from the five yard line. Uh, there's just a lot of stupidity, stupidity, and a lot of like, why are we why are we even celebrating this right now in in these last two games? And I think Buffalo too. You should have won that game by more. We all know that. With percent, it's Cleveland shouldn't have been able to keep up with them. So I think both these teams have a, a little bit more to prove, and maybe we're kind of s- smelling the roses before they should have been. Yeah, I think that those are fair points. I think with the Eagles too, like I said, I, with when you get to the really good teams, I think there is a there is a part of the season where they're going to have a they can't look great every game, and can they still find a way to win? And I I think that's the way I would define the Eagles win. And for me, the next game is the big game again. With you know what I mean? That's how I'm thinking with them. Like. Because this does happen. Now the next game, can they show me that they're back to real to their real team again? And now I'm just thinking that's a mirage. That's to me where I'm going to start to believe in them more. That consistency like that. So I am impressed they did get the win on the road against. But I mean Matt Ryan too, just tough to watch in certain situations there. But anyways, the Eagles there, they do get the comeback. Hurts, I saw that too. I was like, what are we? I mean, that's just mad and simple defense right there, people. But the middle line, I mean, what are we, middle linebacker spy? Yeah. I mean, this is basic. Madden would have given you the spy. He would have told you, like, listen, <laughs> they're going to – That would have been – if Madden could have ever broken the fourth wall, just turned to the screen and been like, listen, he's ran it in three other times today. <laughs> what are we doing? It's all the same situation. They're running the same formation. Just put the quarterback spy on. Anybody. No, I, I think it's fair. QB I think contain on. Yeah, it's, no, I think. But to answer your question in full, I'll just say I don't think it's. I'm not. I'm not going to. I think the Bills and the Eagles are still the top th- in the top three. So I'm trying to get myself not to overreact to their play on the field. Yet I think there's still there. I still think the talent's there, and they have. They are winning for the most part. So I'm trying not to overreact to the wins. I still like the Eagles' health. They picked up a couple defensive linemen. Um, so we'll see. I think that's fair. Um, anything else that we want to touch on before we move on to the next uh, four games that I, I split the, the schedule on? No, I'll take those next four. 
All right. Uh, before we get into that, I want to make sure that we mention we are brought to you by Row One Brand. The Variety Sports Network is proud to be affiliated with them. You go to Row One Brands P15 um, and you get 15% off anything in the art gallery. So be sure to take advantage of that great deal. There's a lot of awesome vintage paintings. If you're a sports memorabilia collector, it's a great site to go and uh, check out. And, and you get 15% off when you use our code VSP15. Uh, the next four games that we have listed here, uh, it starts off with the Jets. Like I said, their losing streak in Foxborough is now seven years old. It's getting ready to start first grade. And today was just bad. So I have to tell – because you know my – you saw my brother's tweet that he sent into the show a little bit earlier on in yeah. the season. Uh, yeah. Also today, the main guy from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series died. And That's my cool. brother and I are huge Power Rangers fans. So, I, and I found it right as I was like, oh, Patriots and, and Jets are going into overtime. The Jets are punting. That's great. I didn't know that the punt return was coming at this point. I sent him the picture that I saw on Facebook. I was like, man, Tommy died. You guys are going into overtime. It seems like this is going to be a tough day. And he just sent me back, today sucks. This is the worst day of my life. <laughs> so just wanted to mention that Tommy Power Ranger, rest in peace yeah. to him. But the the Jets, the offense is bad. Zach Wilson's not a good good quarterback at all. I really I I'm not sure. If, I think the Power Rangers could do maybe play better quarterback right now than than Zach Wilson right now. This is a, I mean that is some bad. He it's it's I mean. If I was a Jets fan, that would be tough to watch. Like right there, you know, we've all been, we've all had those games as our team where you're just like your team is just abysmal. And in football, it's really nothing worse because it's just one, two, three, move on. One, two, three, move on. One, two, you know what I mean? Oh, little somebody in the flat. Oh, maybe a little dig in for eight yards is your big play. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm telling you, nothing is worse than that. But can I? I mean, can I just get to right to the biggest play of the game? Why are we not punting a ball out of bounds? Like I'm not the smartest football player in the per, person in the world. I know that. But I would think as a punter like right there, like I think your coach would say, hey, why aren't we kicking it 45 yards and just aiming out of bounds? Because even if the ball goes out of bounds and it's not the best punt, there's still four seconds left in the game. They're realistically not going to be able to do a field goal attempt. Like, I don't know. To me, that I'm not saying like – I'm not saying you should allow the return anyways. Like, that's just bad football to regard special teams. But if you kick it out of bounds, you're kind of giving – a lot wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. You're give, you're kind of given no chance to it. It's not the same as the Deshaun Jackson one. Like that's still one of my favorite videos of all time. Is Tom Coughlin yeah. chewing out that putter? And I wish the guy would have done it today. But it was just to me, I just didn't understand that logic right there. I would have had the same feeling. I remember this kind of vividly. It was when Devin Hester was punt returning for the Bears, and the Broncos were playing the Bears. It was late in the season. We were in Chicago. And my dad was – I was I was a little bit young to be, like, invested in watching the game. But I hear my dad go, do not kick the ball to him again because he'd already returned a kick and a punt. And they were just trying to punt it. Similar situation, like, punt the ball out of bounds. We're going to go into overtime. We'll have a shot. And, and they kicked it right to Devin Hester. And, oh, touchdown. And, yeah. There's a there's a football IQ question to go there. And I I wonder if the punter was trying to aim it out of bounds and he just totally shanked it and, and ended up hitting it square, which could be a possibility. I mean, I've spent a lot of time with punters. Most of them, they have enough downtime. They understand their job. 
I'm trying to aim it as high and as close to the sideline as I possibly can because I use the sideline as an extra defender. But every now and then, for whatever reason, your mechanics just don't go right. So maybe that was that was the case there, but I I don't even, I don't even know. He should have been it's put in that a rare situation. Play in football, that, you never see a walk off like that. Yeah, that in that's like the Madden situation where you're like, oh, you. Because your buddy's winning, so he's like, oh, I'm just going <laughs> to kneel it and run out the clock. And you go, no, no, kick it to me. Let's see what happens. If you're really that good, you, you kick it to me and defend it, and you get Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's what it felt like. Mac Jones wasn't good in this game. The New England offense wasn't good in this game either. Um, the Jets' defense, if I was the Jets' defense, did you see Zach Wilson's postgame press conference? I, I I did not see enough of it to probably know what you're talking about. What uh, what happened? The reporter the reporter asked him, you know, your defense plays that that way. You only give up three points, and you're only able to manage to score three points. Do you feel like you let your defense down? And before he even finishes saying the word down, Zach Wilson says, "No, no, I'm here to tell you this defense gave up less than 300 total yards of offense." today they only gave up three points outside of the punt return that doesn't get counted towards the defenses that that's not a defensive scoring touchdown that's on your special teams and your offense got 103 total yards that is all they were able to get in uh, 60 minutes of football (laughs) dude take responsibility what are you what are you doing in that situation yeah exactly like I would first off, if I was in that defensive room, I would be Geno Smithing him. I would take matters into my own hands and say, "Oh, you don't think you're letting me down when I played my ass off and, and we had every single chance to win this game." And I'm sitting there in the New York Jets defensive meeting rooms, and and the coach is like, "You know, we got to be better." I was like, "Really, coach? How can we be better?" The quarterback didn't throw a single touchdown, and they barely got they they scored a special teams touchdown. We didn't even give up a score. How can we be better? Do they start Flacco? I mean, is that legit? Is that actually a possibility? Start, to me, I that don't seems think it even is. worse. Because, yeah, they're in a weird situation. They they can't really lose now because if they lose now, they're in the middle of the first round. Yeah, they've won right. too much. They've won too much to to make it worthwhile to tank at this point. Well, their defense is legit enough. Like it is like their defense could get them to the playoffs. Like, and that's why today was a big Williams brothers and the, the Williams brothers and CJ Mosley sauce Gardner. They have like studs at every level of the defense. Now that's their last place now. (laughs) Yeah. And last place. It's like seven and three. Wouldn't it be nice? Aren't you guys are, is it, are the Broncos last place now or is it you? Uh, Broncos, I'm, got, I'm guessing you guys are now because we'll have the tiebreaker. Uh, yeah, we're yeah, yeah. In that yeah. last place now because we the Raiders have two wins over the, the Jets are in last place now. It's hey, 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 <laughs> hey! You're feeling good, I know. You're feeling not good. you guys, not you guys. <laughs> uh, that's you just Nico. Nico's the one that needs to cry it out. The Saudi area that you're in. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go every every place that I go tomorrow is gonna be like Broncos country. Yeah, I know, yeah. Try. Let it ride. <laughs> so dejected. <laughs> uh, the 
the Super Bowl champions are, I think we can finally put a fork in them and say that they're done for their playoff Dead. chances. Uh, that is not a that is not a good New Orleans football team that came in and beat you. And Andy Dalton threw three for, for three touchdowns. Andy Dalton had an Andy Dalton game that sprinkled in with all of the other subpar Andy Dalton games. He's a solid quarterback. I feel bad for the Saints fans because if you were really trying this year, you'd be playing Jameis Winston and trying to figure out you're out if he could be your quarterback. If you wanted to have some fun, you'd be playing Taysom Hill. If you wanted to just be middle of the pack, you're playing Andy Dalton, and that's what Dennis Allen decided to do. He's not trying to be too good or too bad. He knows that he's not going to get fired after the season because there's no way that you can. It's his first year. And the def- there's good things surrounding the team. I don't think that his his seat is, is even close, close to being hot. He's not like the Nathaniel Hackett's. And, and the other first-year coaches that are maybe on a little bit more thin ice. Um, but, man, the, the Rams and Sean McVay, that, that begs the question, is Sean McVay ready to step away and go into television? And what I've been hearing and people that are around him a lot, he doesn't want to go out on a season like this. He doesn't want this to be the last thing that people remember of him coaching, so he's going to try and come back and, and compete again. I honestly have mixed feelings about it. I think – if I were him, you're not going to get better than what you were. I mean, you're the youngest coach. You hold all of the youngest coach records right now. So you're good in legacy standing. You won your Super Bowl. You were able to get to one with Jared Goff as your starting quarterback. So you're you're Hercules. You can you can retire and go into the booth. I don't think that he has anything more to prove. I don't, I don't, I'm interested to see what your take is on, on Sean McVay and what his future might hold. It's funny you asked that because I asked Tyler that same question last week on the show, and I I said McVeigh. I've heard that same thing with McVeigh, him stepping away. Yeah, I I think he is done after this year. I think he goes. I think he leaves with. I think Stafford goes. I think. I think even. I know he signed a big contract. There's still a chance he could retire, right? Like the defensive tackle for some reason. I'm, his name is escaping. Aaron Donald. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know yeah. that doesn't mean he can't retire. You know what I mean? Like so. I think there's a chance. I think there's a world where McVeigh calls it calls it quits. He he would get a he would definitely get hired as an as an announcer somewhere. So he would you know that that would he doesn't have to worry about money or any type of working or anything like that. Um, I, I think on a bigger picture with the Rams, it, I've just been disappointed in general with them over this year. Like they've not even been competitive at times offensively. Like the big acquisition of Allen Robinson, like there's no genius there. Like, is it just Cup that has created this offense? I mean, like it really hasn't. Like without him now, six to eight weeks. I mean, they are dead. That is the biggest fork in a team I can think of right now. They are there is there. That's a Super Bowl champ that I would be stunned if gets any life going into the second half of the season. It's weird. It's almost like they didn't try him and Stafford. And Stafford left the game again today. He's back yep. in yep. in concussion concussion protocol. Yeah. Um, so that's not good news if you're a Los Angeles Rams fan, but there was like no, no effort to establish any kind of connection. We all know that Cooper cup and Matthew Stafford eat breakfast alone together. And it's like <laughs> Regina George and, and mean girls, like they're, they're the breakfast club They They do everything together. Cooper cup wipes Jared Goff's butt after he takes it down. Um, <laughs> that's, there wasn't any attempt to do that with Allen Robinson. And I think that he's a guy that needs to have the relationship with his quarterback because Allen Robinson is a guy that finds holes in zones. And if you don't know what the other person is thinking, if you're not around them 24 seven, it's, it makes life difficult. 
and Allen Robinson isn't quite getting open or he's not on the same page or something because he's not even looking his way and he's a he's a good threat like he proved in Chicago of all places that he is a good receiving threat so Allen Robinson should be getting a lot of targets Cam Akers should be good and and getting carries but again I don't know what there must be something going on behind closed doors or oh, some yeah. sort of injury that, that nobody knows about. It makes no sense. And it tanked my fantasy team. I, I'm going to stand behind that because that, that sucked. I've drafted Cam Akers. I was like, listen, come back. See, come back player of the year season. Let's, let's get this. And uh, you, <laughs> you and a few others got that one. I got to push back on your same state. I think there's a chance that Allen doesn't get fired after this year. I, I, I don't think that's out of this world with that take. I, I actually would be playing Winston. That's that's where I would be playing him. Like I know we've talked about him, but I would at least I would play him over, uh, play him. That, that that would just be my choice. I would just let it ride out and see what happens. Uh, I at least know with him I might get to see some of my other players do things differently. With uh, I don't know, like I, I feel like we see enough of Dalton at this point. We know what we have with him. Like that that's just how I feel with it. The Saints, though, I think Allen because I I mean I could see a world where the Saints maybe only win two more games the rest of the way. Like I don't know, like. That, that 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 would just be my. I really want, and I was so disappointed when DA say he couldn't come on today because hopefully he can come on one of these times when you're on because I love your take with him and at being a Saints fan. Like I lo- I gotta get your guys' takes together one time because I it's not like you're ripping on him. You're just asking a legit question about him. So I would love yeah. to actually get his get his takes with you all one of these times because to me from afar, if I was him, I'd be like, why are we not starting Winston? Like what what else do we need to see from Dalton? Like it's not really that exciting. They should be starting anybody but Dalton because yeah. you start Andy Dalton if this team is good enough. He would be Angel Andy Dalton would be your Bubby Brister if you were the 1997 Denver Broncos. He's a guy that if you're good enough, he can keep you on an even ball. keel. He he's not making good plays. He's not making the big plays. He's not making the outstanding plays. That's why we have the the slow motion video of the guy doing the front flip on Thursday Night Football behind him <laughs> because he tried to make a play and when he when he tries, that's what happens. But if he's just sticking to the script, he can be he can piece you up. He kept that game against the Bengals very close in the beginning. It scared scared the hell out of me that we were gonna get revenge game done by Andy Dalton. Um it's it's they just shouldn't be playing him. Like I would even I would see Taysom Hill. I would like to see Taysom, Taysom Hill over what Andy Dalton brings to the table. Um I kind of want to move on to to the Detroit game. Uh, did you see the vanilla vanilla Vic clip from uh, Saquon when he was mic'd up from last week? No, I didn't. What happened with that one? That's that's Daniel Jones' nickname is Vanilla Vic. Oh yeah, I did see that. I, I yeah. didn't see the yeah. video of it, but I saw it on. Uh, I saw the sentence on on Twitter there. Yeah, I picked up the yeah. line. I thought that was actually kind of. Funny. <laughs> it, it's a good like solid. No, it's not bad. It's not bad. I I get it. Um, turns out that he's if he's if he doesn't turn the ball over, that team is a very good team. That's why they're sitting at I think they're seven and three currently, and I I do give them a good shot to win. They they're one of the Thanksgiving games that we're going to have our predictions on coming up later. Uh, and I do really like Ryan Dable. I think even if they continue to lose, they're going to have to turn it around at some point. But they can have like a couple, two or three more losses, and Brian Dable would still be in consideration for coach coach of the year because of what he's able to do. This team is like – everybody talks about the Chargers being injured. 
the New York Giants are like injured, injured. Their injured reserve is on injured reserve. That's how deep into it. Plus, they have a lot of salary cap issues that are going on right now. They have to travel less than the minimum number of players required because they physically don't have the money to clear a checkbook on Sunday if they have too many guys suited. That's where I, Man. I'm pretty sure they're going to be the next franchise to be sold. Yeah, uh, unless uh, the Davis, the mother Davis dies before the New York Giants get sold. Um, no offense or anything like that. It's just a strange – like yeah. this team is good, and I think they're a quarterback away. Sometimes Daniel Jones is that quarterback. Sometimes, like today, he's not that quarterback. He threw two interceptions and a touchdown today. Um, but it just wasn't anything special. And Detroit, Jared Goff didn't do anything either. He threw for 166 yards, but Jamal Williams having three rushing touchdowns. I know that you said uh, uh, is that a preview of, of what you have coming up for one of our future segments? Yeah, yeah, it's probably so. Yeah. He'll be on one of them. He, he rushed the ball well. I'm with you on the Giants a little bit. I actually kind of – it was a weird game because there's it's a world where it's like, well, I can't see the Lions winning three games in a row either, right? But then there's this other world of me. Like, that was – t- like, I, I hate to bring up my own survival football, but, like, that's part of the part of you when you're starting to think of these things. You're like, well, you know, I think the Lions can maybe beat a game against – Daniel Jones and you know why Daniel Jones is just not a trustable quarterback you know what I mean like he's just not one of those guys against a team like this that they should win and the Lions get off to a good start and they they're a weird team too I mean Williams I like Williams too I, I've liked him in the past like he had rushed for the best average this year but I, I thought he's always had potential in the past too with it but with the Giants they're all they're all Barkley and he was terrible today they, they didn't get anything going I mean 20 what do you have 22 yards 25 the offensive line, I get it. They have to block for you, but like that's that's how they're going to win games. I mean, he he has to dominate. He has. I can't see them ever. I can't see them not winning when he doesn't get a hundred yards. That's how good he needs to be. Back to Dable real quick. I there. It's pretty crazy how in the NFL, you if you get a good coach to take over, it really does make a difference. For, like right away, like it's a weird sport like that. Like the talent, like in the NBA, like you got to have the superstar, right? But like in the NFL, like. There is a world where, like, these guys come over and, like, just dominate. It's pretty cool to see, like, how the Giants have really took off like that. And like you said, they have all these guys hurt, and they still had a receiver get 100 yards a day. Mm-hmm. And it's – I think the best example of it is Jacksonville. Because just look at yeah. – if you think about the Jaguars from last season, and I think that this was about the time that Urban Meyer was getting fired, uh, yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars are pretty much the same people on the roster – I think they got rid of James Robinson, which is actually kind of a downgrade when you think a lot of good things just under Doug Peterson, who's a guy who's won a Super Bowl and has a, a solid plan of what they're trying to do. Um, yeah, no, and and when the coach is able to kind of take a step back, I think that's what Brian Dable and Kevin O'Connell and, and Nick Sirianni are doing well, is that they totally just – the guys that have the egos that are like, no, I'm play calling and I'm managing the clock. And, oh, my God, I only have two seconds on the play clock. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Like those guys are are the ones that are struggling. And the guys that are giving the responsibility to their staff, they're thriving. And, and they're thriving with these what we, what you would call mediocre rosters. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I see my own team that we're going to talk about later. And I was like, you know, that's why it's so frustrating with stuff like that. Uh, you know, exactly. And like, 
So, yeah, I agree. The Giants, even in a loss, I'm still impressed with their – I expect them to still finish the season strong. Um, and then the last game in this set, Baltimore versus Carolina, 13-3. to I put it out there on Twitter. Can we give the Bengals – well, I just want to bring this up. Can we give the Bengals half a division win? Because uh, we, we scored 45 on the Panthers, and the Ravens struggled to score 13. Um, so I feel like, you know, since – we, we didn't get a division win until today. Can we give like a, a division win and a half? Is that a possibility? Because we like, that. That's good. As uh, good as the Ravens, a common opponent. Here we go. Let me put my teeth back in. Um, I, two, Heisman form, two former Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks combined today for 448 yards total, a touchdown, and three interceptions. I, I tried to even add in the rushing yards, and it didn't make it that much better. Uh, man, and you can still say Heisman Trophy winners for the rest of their lives. It's that that that's a game that you probably wish you had back if you watched that whole game. Like you wish you had that time back going to that game. Just and if you're a Ravens fan, how can you be walk out of that game confident at all? I mean, there's. I remember I said like earlier in the podcast, I said, "Well, if you get a win, you get a win." That's one where I maybe question it a little bit more at the end of the day. Like, yeah, it could result in us getting farther along and making the playoffs. But that's – I don't know. When I see – I know the Panthers are decent defensively and stuff. But to me, that game that game played more to the Ravens' flaws. And the way that the Bengals, too, beat up the Panthers was running the football. And what do you think the, the – when you think of the Bengals playing the Ravens, what do you think the advantage the Ravens have is? It's running the football. Yeah. And yeah. The Bengals did that better than they were able to on the same exact defense. And the Bengals did it in Carolina, I'm pretty sure. Or I might yeah. be completely wrong, and, and they were at home, and, and it was the same situation. Whether or not the Ravens still did not look good against a team that they should dominate. If this is a team that's going to be in the playoffs and making a push for the playoffs, I think right now they're around like the two seed or the three seed in the AFC. So they're still very much in in conversation for a bye round in the first, uh, first round. It, it, it's, I just don't trust Lamar Jackson in these clutch moments when you have to throw the football as a quarterback to bring yeah. your team back. I don't trust you. Like a three-point deficit, okay. When you get down by 10 because you threw two interceptions in the first half like you did your first playoff game against the Chargers, I don't trust you to be able to bring that team back. Not at all. No, That's why I, I still say I, they have a quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough on that. Set. No, I, I'm with you. My, my final take would be on I just think if you're a Ravens fan, I'd be a little bit worried going to this game. I just make the playoffs or not. I just, to me, long term, you just got to be concerned a little bit. And maybe this is why the Ravens didn't sign into that contract extension. You know, maybe they're, they're, they're heads of 10 as well, maybe. So yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting story as well as we move uh, forward in this uh, uh, towards the playoffs here. Well, we're uh, coming up just right about at the break here. We've been uh, going for about an hour. So if you missed any part of it, you can always replay the, the, the YouTube video on the Variety Sports Network. You can also listen to it on demand if you follow the Variety Sports Network on your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, it's a segment that's going to – I brought it up because I have a pretty bad one, especially considering the team that I root for. Um, the player you left on your fantasy bench that you really shouldn't have. It, it would have worked out so much better if uh, you hadn't left this guy off for whatever reason. For my reason, it was he wasn't the starting running back, and then our starting running back got a concussion, and he became the the guy. Um, but yeah, that's that's a segment. 
what do you have? Are you winning your fantasy matchup, by the way, in, in the King of the Bench? Have you, have yes, you I, I, I am winning that one. And then I'm also winning in my, this other one. But in, in the in this other league I have, I left off Jamal Williams, and that wasn't a good decision today where he had three touchdowns. And in that small one, too, I left off Stevenson from the Patriots. And he got me another running back. I had got me. I put him at the flex, and somebody got three points, and he got eleven. That didn't help. I lost by two points, and so I got screwed on that one. But Jamal Williams, when he gets somebody to get over two touchdowns, like nothing kicks you in the balls more than that. <laughs> so, like there's a couple people that yeah. left mixing out when he got five a few weeks ago. So I'm taking my Williams pick in the three touchdowns. So that that was the tough one for me. Mine was Samaju Piran. I do. That's right. I didn't is, want he's a starting caliber running back. Like, like he he would be starting on any other NFL team right now. And he was a starting. Him and Joe Mixon played with each other at Oklahoma too in college. Uh, he's not supposed to be the feature back. And Joe Mixon goes out in the second quarter with a concussion. All of a sudden, Smosh P. Ryan has three receiving touchdowns, sixteen touches for eighty-two yards, and he put up thirty point two points. That would have. I'm playing Tyler this week. That would have put me like. That would have been the Shawn Michaels off the top rope, elbow drop, getting set up for the sweet chin music. Because I had Eckler and uh, – yeah, I had, I'm had i tuning up the band in the corner. I had Eckler and uh, Keenan Allen tonight too. So I was just like, oh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Come on, Tyler, stand up. Stand up. Let's get this thing over with. You don't, you don't know what's coming to you. No, nope, it's 30.4 points on my bench. Well, it usually happens in the way you're describing, though, where you have a bench like a running back that's not the starter, and then like the guy goes out with the, the injury, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But like, you know what I mean? Like that's usually how this stuff happens in situations like that, or that's what you're hoping how it happens more so, not you just being a complete, <laughs> a complete W for getting. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I um, I it was my last straw weekend with Jonathan Taylor. I put him back into the starting lineup. And I was like, if you don't score any points, I'm dropping you, and I'm going to go find a running back on waivers. He scored 16, so I'm keeping him. But it would have been like I had him, I had Jonathan Taylor and Eckler, and I yeah. left Samaj on the bench. If I would have had Samaj and Eckler or Jonathan Taylor and Samaj, it would have been lights out, 110%. But now I, I have to double-check after uh, – we'll get to the Sunday Night Football recap, but yes, I'll have to double-check uh, – yeah, I'm probably going to have to. And Tyler's probably going to win. So then when we're back on here next week, he's going to be able to rub it in my face. And I'm not going to win my fantasy league that I'm hosting. Yeah. All right. it's, it's just all – it's going great. It's going fantastic. Thank God we had this week off as a bye week for the podcast because my pick was all wrong. I think I lost every single one straight out. I was like, oh, Giants, smack. Oh, Right. Well, that'll be easy. Just next week, right just damn Bengals. You see, that'll be ne- next week. Just use it to your advantage. Be like, all right, I'm going to give you all the picks and pick the opposite. You got your winners, everybody. Good luck. Like, yeah, there you go. You're, maybe you're a genius. You don't yeah. know. <laughs> we'll we'll see. Network exclusive NFL show here, talking the gridiron week twelve. Myself, Jimmy Pilato, Darren Briere from the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast. Myself from the far end of the bench. We're going to take a quick minute break, and when we come back, uh, it's been scrolling there at the bottom. We're going to do more Week 12 discussion. we got two more sections of four games, Monday Night Football predictions and Thanksgiving Day, Thanksgiving Day predictions. 
Um, so we have all of that coming up. Stay tuned here on the break. Sports Network here with Talking the Gridiron Week 12. Myself, Jimmy Pilato from the Farther to the Bench podcast, and Darren Briere from the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports podcast. Uh, we're recapping everything live here on the Variety Sports Network exclusive home for NFL content. Uh, we're moving right along with our next four games. We just finished up our uh, fantasy duds of the week, guys that we, we wish we would have had in our starting lineup because they would have gotten us a lot more points. Now, uh, the next four games, Washington. 23-10 to 10 victory over Houston. Vegas, your, your Raiders taking the win in Denver, 22-16. And Nico was in attendance of that game, my co-host on the far end of the bench. Uh, and then my Bengals, 37-30. Really wasn't that close. We took our starters out with about five minutes left in the fourth quarter over the Steelers. Uh, but we finally win in Heinz Field. That's back-to-back years that we beat in Pittsburgh on their home turf. Uh, I know it's not Heinz Field anymore, but I refuse to learn the new name. I hate them anyways. That's uh, I've been wearing. I'll show you, show everybody here on on YouTube here. That's the oh, there we go. This is a shirt I've been, I've had on all day too. <laughs> Just say no. <laughs> Just say no. Yeah. No, the Steelers. That's the one team in the NFL. I told my dad that too. I woke up. I just said, Fuck "The Steelers." You know, <laughs> what? He's like, "What? What happened?" I just I can't like one team. Ugh. And Rev's one of my best friends who's who's a Steelers fan, which I wish he was here right now. I, know. I, I would be gloating, gloating right in his face. Didn't seem – didn't start out very well. I, I was nervous, to be honest. Yeah, we got to. Should we start there? Yeah, let, let's start there and, and work our way backwards. Um, TJ Watt is the Bengals' daddy. <laughs> That's the hardest thing for me to admit. I might have to – I want to put a Bengals fathead up, like, right here on the wall. Um, I might have to get a TJ Watt fathead that watches over me while I sleep uh, because he's he lives in my nightmares right now. Yeah, he's when he's good. on the field, he has, like – he increases their winning percentage by 25% or something stupid like that, just him alone. Whether he has a, a stat line that is incredible or not, that's – that, that's just the dominance that he has. He's not – I don't think that he's as good as J.J., but he is really, really camp good. J.J. for like four years was the most dominant defensive player. I wouldn't say that T.J. Watt's the most dominant defensive player, but he is right up there. Yeah. No, it's, not, no. it, it's a stupid argument to have, but it was a good win, and, and I'm glad to see that Samaj was able to kind of step up into Mixon's role. Um, hopefully Jamar Chase is back next week. He's off crutches now and, and is trending towards possibly being available for next weekend. 
scares what, me a little bit because the what, hip. What they say about Mixon? They say he's just concussion. Yeah, it was a head. They were evaluating him for head and head. So head that could be that. That's got to be worrisome for you. Yeah, he's the offensive line didn't play good today, and and it was tough because the Steelers defense line is is really good. So that was kind of disheartening, and that was the reason why Joe Mixon was having to lower his shoulder and, and fight off as many hits as he was taking. He was playing hard, and, and it wasn't for wasn't anything like as a guy who would say that the Steelers are one of the most dirty teams in the NFL. Wasn't anything dirty that knocked Joe Mixon out of the game. It was just a, yeah. a good, clean football play and happened to ding him the wrong way. And maybe it wasn't even that serious. Who knows if it's going to be like a full, full-blown concussion. I haven't seen whether it's confirmed or not, but it, it is a little bit, you know, I don't want him to have too much tread gone from the tires going into the playoffs. He's a, a big reason why we had the playoff run that we did last season. So – I would love to see him get fully healthy. And if this team can keep winning without their stars, that's perfect also. I'll take that. That's what I, what Nico and I talked about with the Avalanche. We were able to, I think the last regular season game to the first playoff game, eight of the nine starters from the last regular season game didn't play, didn't start in the playoffs. That's how deep the Avalanche were. And they were just playing all of their second team guys towards the end of the regular season. That's what I'd love to see for this Bengals team just so that we can be as healthy as possible going into the most important stretch of the season. Yeah, this is the part that get hot right now with the Bengals not looking that – or with the Ravens not looking that great either. This might be a chance for you guys to go. I mean, obviously it's your team a little bit. From from my point of view, it looks like – I was looking at the Steelers, like what are you doing not guarding Higgins at all? It was just like – seemed like he had way too much easy one-on-one room. He's sneaky big. Like he's – Yeah. He's bigger than you would think that he is. That's the – that's what I'm noticing watching him play every weekend. These cornerbacks are doing everything that they can, but he's just like he's a freak. He's six foot four, but has like seven foot four appendages. It's been impressive. And I, and the thing too with the Bengals is their big playability. I think that's the thing with them that they kind of have that like him and Mahomes have such a have a, have a similarity as they always are looking for that big play. Maybe Burrows had, he's learning how to control some of that a little bit like Mahomes had to, but like that is something I like about him, and especially like in a I don't know, like just in big games, you want a quarterback that's always looking for the big play. And so if I was you, I would be feeling pretty good with them other than that injury from Mixon um, coming out of this game. I mean, the only other thing with with the Steelers real quick is they were able to kind of run the ball a little bit against you guys. I mean, I don't, it didn't seem like it was, like you said, it was kind of towards the end of the game a little bit. Yeah. But So it didn't seem to be anything killer in that regard and stuff. And the, and the Steelers, like, they're in a weird spot offensively. They just don't have, like, any of, like – I don't know. Like they don't have real threats like anymore. It feels like because their quarterback play is just not the same like it used to be. So uh, it should be. A, it was a game you guys should have won, and uh, you know you you probably would have been highly disappointed if you lost it. I was highly disappointed when we lost in in the season opener against. No, them. I know. Yeah, that, that wasn't. Yeah, everybody knows that if you've been watching this show for the entire season. Um, yeah, that was one of the worst losses that I can remember taking because this the Steelers team isn't good enough to play with this Bengals team especially offensively. The Bengals offense, they went five straight possessions in the Saints game with touchdowns, and I believe they went eight straight in the Panthers game with touchdowns. And then today, once they got themselves into the second half, it was like boom, 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 touchdown, boom, 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 touchdown. Burrow gets into a rhythm. 
And, and the stat that I saw today, he is 46 and a half percent on third down, third best in the NFL. That's, I mean, he, that's what I mean. Like, that's the stuff I always want from my quarterback is that type of like, he just has that like kind of gutsy kind of stuff. Like, he'll, he'll take that's why I got three Burrow jerseys right now. And the next dog that I get when Boomer gets a little bit older, uh, he's, he's going to be named Burrow. I'm going to have a Boomer and a Burrow. He's probably already the best quarterback that you've seen as a Bengal. I'm mean, guessing, right? Or my, my okay, in my lifetime, for sure. I, yeah, I was like, I, the I, only I, other, the only closest one to him was Carson Palmer. And yeah, right. Carson Palmer totally screwed his relationship with how I feel about him because of the way he left here and, yeah. and went to your Raiders and then went to the Cardinals. Like, I get what he was doing and I get why, but it just that wasn't the way to do, to go about it. Burrow seems like he's. Burrow seems like he's happy, number one. He likes playing with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, number two. And he he seems to have a very good relationship and a good working relationship with Zach Taylor. I would say it's similar to the working relationship that you see in Miami between McDaniel and Tua. Yeah, And, and that's why Tua is having this season where people are thinking he's a sneaky MVP candidate. Yeah. Um, so I I am feeling pretty good. He, stat line for the day: three fifty five, four touchdowns. Um, only downside was you lose Mixon, but everything else was great. And yeah, T Higgins had a huge day. When you think that Jamar Chase is the number one threat, Tyler Boyd goes off for one hundred eighty yards, or T yeah. Higgins has like six touchdowns because he just gets faded to death in the back of the end zone because nobody can cover him. He's just too long. Um, yeah. Speaking of a game that was kind of mismatched, I would say definitely shows a little bit more on the scoreboard if we're working backwards, that Dallas game. Dallas coming off a pretty humiliating loss last weekend where Mike McCarthy outthought himself and lost to his former team. You're going up against the hottest team in the league. And Justin Jefferson, you know, the, the best receiver, number one receiver, quote-unquote, of the league. Kirk Cousins having a, a season to behold. The Cowboys dominate. And, and the Vikings walk away looking up at a 37-point deficit, 40-3. to three. You don't see that often in the NFL, first off. No. Professional athletes normally have a little bit more pride than to allow that to happen. Um, there was just nothing anybody could do. And Dak was spreading the ball around. I think like eight receivers had more than three receptions. And Tony Pollard, I, I think Tony Pollard might have taken the starting job. It was nice that they had Zeke back, but Zeke's definitely the the back seat in that tandem. I think they both they both rushed for fifteen times. Elliot got fifteen. Pollard got fifteen. Pollard rushed for eighty. Elliot forty two. But Elliot got the two touchdowns. But Pollard though had the two touchdowns receiving and the hundred nine yards. So it was a weird game overall. We kind of touched on it at the very beginning of the podcast. For me, I was really impressed with Dallas uh, in this game, just offensively being. I mean, just so efficient like and like i said like i i heard the the radio call coming in just everything from the radio was like i, I could visualize the cowboys just dominating the offensive line play and that's what this that's what it looked like when i started watching the game as well and the vikings i said they looked tired and they look they did look tired in this game they looked like they didn't have any life from that that buffalo game it looked like everything got sucked out of them and I'm not. I'm not going to jump off the Vikings yet, though. Either like, I'm not going to freak out about this game. Sometimes I'd rather lose a game like this, anyways, instead of a close game. So I, I don't. I think I agree they're not the best eight and two team ever. But I'm not going to sit here and be like this team sucks. They don't. They have like one of the best receivers in the league, 
They have a capable running back. Their defense is like at least capable in moments. So uh, I, I I think I just think maybe this is a, a mirage of a game. I'd throw that out. But Dallas, very impressive. Is Parsons the defensive MVP this year? Or am I thinking? It, it, the NFC, he might be. I mean, the thing that's going to hurt him is he's been kind of injured at times. Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. So if somebody has kind of been there, the I, I would say Brandon Graham might have. Yeah. He's having a season where he's been consistent the entire year. He that, is something – he's something different. Like, I, I think about it, and it was funny. We had Rev on our episode last week when we were breaking down the UFC 281, and before he, we started recording, he and I were talking, and we were like, these kids are like, it's crazy. I'm 25 years old, and I'm sitting here talking about Jordan Davis or Jordan Mylotta, who's – my age, and he's 6'8 and 315 pounds. I'm thinking about Micah Parsons right now. He's two years younger than I am. He's 23 <laughs> years old. And I would have – I feel like I have I was pretty successful. I The statistic that it's always thrown out there, if you go on and you play in NCAA, you're the top 0.1% of all of the athletes in, in the country. So I like to think that I had a fairly successful football career. I would have nothing to say to Micah Parsons if we were going in a one-on-one drill, which we would be because I was an offensive lineman. So if I was having to block him one-on-one, I I wouldn't be. (laughs) If I go to try and punch him, his arms are long enough that I'm like, I put me down, put me down, put me down, please. (laughs) And and I can't even get out of my stance fast enough because he runs a 4-2-40 and he's up and around behind me. And I'm like, oh my God. You remember the scene from Ace Ventura where he jumps in the in the tank oh, and he's yeah. looking for the dolphin? That's not <laughs> Snowflake. That's not Snowflake. That's Snowflake. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> I, that's I, his, I, that's I, what Michael Parsons does to these NFL linemen. He's been dominant, man. He's been awesome. He's been awesome. Shannon Sharp tweeted about it too. He said that he's kind of been harsh on the Minnesota offensive line, but today it was Kurt Cousins being sacked at the end of a three-step drop. That should never happen at the NFL. No, no, they were, you should have your your five guys that are at least three hundred fifteen pounds. You should have at least enough time to get to a three step drop and be able to throw it out of bounds. They did not have that time today. Do you, would you like do you like the Cowboys or the Eagles now after a win like this and the Eagles kind of not playing as well against the Colts? I still think that the Eagles are the better team, but the more impressive win this week would have been the Cowboys. That's a yeah. better win than what the Eagles had because yeah. the Eagles would have, would have needed to win by the two or three touchdowns that I'm sure they were favored by, or at least the 10 points. The Cowboys be, beating the the number one team in the NFC up until this point, besides the Eagles, the number two team, I guess. Um, like I said, being able to hold another professional offense three points is impressive. That doesn't happen often yeah and yeah. kevin o'connell i i think has taken over in the coach of the year candidacy um but yeah holding a guy like that in his team that he's shown to have humming and moving in the right direction i think that's impressive and, and worthy of of note um and that's a win that you can take forward being like yeah we are a legit playoff contender you you don't want to play us come january and february yeah no doubt <laughs> Uh, what do you think about your Raiders? Twenty-two to sixteen over the Broncos. That, that was, 
I'm surprised first off that it got pushed into overtime because I was like, oh, the offense for the Broncos played better than than anybody could have anticipated, and, and they should have been able to win this game. Both offenses sucked. <laughs> Both locker rooms have so much drama going on right now. Derek Carr is the whiniest quarterback in all of the NFL. Just get along with your head coach. Just be a be a grown up. Be a professional. Get along with your head coach. I know that you like John Gruden. John Gruden's a racist asshole. That's why he's not coaching in the NFL anymore. <laughs> get used to it. The, the press conference from last week. That's the I was mad that I got I had to miss last week's show. I was like, that's the stupidest. You are so dumb. You. You're that making the stupidest argument right now. That wasn't the best look from uh, Mr. Carr there on that standpoint. I, I've been over him for a while now. Like, I, you know, from that, I just, I'm done with him, like, as my quarterback as the Raiders. But for today's game in particular, like, it's funny watching a game like this to me. Let's see, I, you know, I'm obviously a little bit older than you. I've seen, I, you've played at a higher level, but I've seen, like, to so many games on TV, like, watching a game like this, you're just like, these teams are just so sad. Like, they're just not. They're just not there. Like they're they're just a step below these other teams. Like they're just so far removed from being a championship contender. Like it's just you know what I mean. Like it's just so far removed. And then like even a playoff team, you're like they're just there's no chemistry. There's no there's no love. There's no energy. There's no passion. Like just something like. And when you see it on the field, it's so obvious for them. And like even the Raiders win a game like today. I just still question our overall like team chemistry there. It's like it's Adams or bust. I do appreciate the part that they're getting him involved a little bit more. The last four weeks they've made an effort of getting him like he's dominating again, like he was with the Packers statistically again. But on the field, it's just like man, it's just so much left to be desired. And if I was a, if I'm Nico and I'm a Broncos fan, yeah, they lost, but like I guarantee we're both feeling the same way other than I just feel better that I beat the Broncos twice this year. That's the only reason I, I have bragging rights. That's the only reason I feel better about it. He, <laughs> he hates when I bring up the fact that the, the Raiders sweep you sweep the Broncos often. He hates that's I mean, that's the <laughs> I will tell you, like that might break up. We've been going for about two and a half years. That could break up the podcast but i'm gonna do it you know i'm gonna do it because <laughs> guess what he asked me how i felt the day after the super bowl oh that, that's a little payback that right there I don't uh, that. Uh, <laughs> uh, no yeah that was i do i don't get what this broncos team their defense is so good they got off to the so, lead uh, yeah no i i would feel similar to what we were talking about with the jets team if i was sitting in the broncos defensive meeting room I would go and I would Geno Smith, Russell Wilson. I would set up a meeting through his agent because that's the only time that you'd be able to get him alone face to face. And I would sucker punch him in the face so hard because this is just ridiculous. The third best scoring defense in the NFL. They've only given up more than 20 points. Now twice. To your Raiders. Yeah, that's it. And they're three. And they can't. They're three and seven. They're three and seven. And it starts off like the great. They have like two or three great drives. That first drive, Russell Wilson had awesome. He had a couple throws. There's some throws where it doesn't look like he can put anything behind it, and he's like throwing it without turning his wrist over, so it looks like a kickoff. Like (laughs) Kendall Hinton caught one and took it down inside the five. That's what they were able to score their first touchdown on. 
And then they weren't able to score another freaking touchdown. They scored 147 points on the whole year. I'm now looking it up. That's like 20 less than anybody else. That's pathetic. Man, it's talk 16 about average. Man, how, how could Nico even waste his time going to that game? I believe him. <laughs> well, that's what, what you do when you have a $250 million quarterback. Because guess what? You're going to have that $250 million. Here's the good thing. Here's the reason why the Broncos I, – I would still feel better as a Broncos fan than a Raiders fan because, to, let's be fair, did this win give you anything other than the pride of beating your, your rival two times in the season? No, there is that point. I, mean, I, I agree with you. They're, the Raiders are in a worse situation in that regard. They have, like, maybe you look at their overall roster talent, you're like, no, they have they have better talent. But a lot of that talent is older or, you know, could be gone next year in some regards. So I would agree with that. And your owner doesn't have the money to make up for your mistakes. That's what they're talking about. That's why Mark Davis came out and said that he's still behind Josh McDaniels because oh, they like, can't. What a terrible quote. Can I just cut you off? He's doing an excellent job. Are you freaking kidding me? You have to do that. He has to do that. Well, otherwise, he's buying into the conspiracy theory. Have you seen the conspiracy theory where he's trying to, trying to drive the price value of the team down so that when his mom dies, he doesn't he can afford the inheritance tax that he's going to be charged for this team because he has zero dollars in the bank. Man, I wish they were still in Oakland. That's what I know. I just wish that. that's all. I, I, I mean, if they're this poor, just stay in Oakland. What was the issue then? Stay in Oakland. What are, you know what I mean? In Vegas, but how did that not help you? I don't understand. Uh, I, it right. doesn't make any sense. That's frustrating. But hey, we beat the Broncos twice. Nico, I understand why you don't want to come on tonight. That's very understandable. But if you are listening to this, you know, yeah, I hope Jimmy brings it up the rest of the week to you. So I'll start here. Two and oh, I like it. Let's we'll, we'll go. Swept the Broncos. Let it ride. Let it ride. Uh, <clears throat> I uh, and, and then the last game that we have to talk about the. It's funny to me. Have you have you seen the replacements with Keanu Reeves? Oh yes, 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 yes. I can't tell if I'm watching the Washington Commanders or the Washington Sentinels when Taylor Heineke and James Robinson are playing. Because all I hear about is, you know, this guy, it was shot twice. And to me, I'm hearing Pat Summerall. That's weird. There's no college given. There's no anything. It just says that he's been a resident of the state of Maryland for the last two years. And he likes to embroider because they have the guy from prison. And then Taylor Heineke is like, he had a great call. He reminds me of Footsteps Falco, except he's, He's right-handed. Like yeah. it, it's uncanny to me the similarity. Yeah, that's actually a good call. I actually that's a, I'm actually thinking of it now. Like watching that's that's kind of one of my favorite like kind of cheesy movies. I watch once. I watch it every every football season before we start coaching before yeah. the first game. I watch the replacements. It, it's funny sidetrack. In college, we had our rookie show when we uh, were and the first year in the program. Uh, uh, me and my two roommates. They were having trouble coming up with something. I was like, listen, I showed them the scene where they're doing the electric slide scene and Gloria Gator in the prison. I was yeah. like, let's make up a skit. And then somehow we get to that. And I'll sing. I was in the honor choir. Fun fact that not many people would pick out. So I started singing Gloria Gaynor. And you either got cheered and you were able to stay and watch the rest of the show or you got booed and you had to go sit in the, the, the room where before you were before you performed. We got Everybody was singing Gloria Gaynor along with me while we were doing That's the awesome. electric slide. Yeah, so I owe a lot of my, you know, my credit and my kudos as an NCAA offensive lineman 
to Gloria Gaynor in the replacement. So that's why I have a soft spot. I think this Washington team, I need to see them in the playoffs this season. I, I think that they could win a few games. Yeah. Let's just talk about the movie. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I, no, no I'm just joking. That is, I do need to rewatch that. No, Washington, like, it is funny with uh, Heineke. Like, he's uh, – the, the, and the thing with the commanders, too, is they always seem like they're in this position, too, like where they just have this, like, kind of no-name quarterback leading them to a potential – uh, you know, like playoff run. Yeah, I know there was the yeah. Griffin year, but even Smith, we knew him, but he was at the end. Like, um, I don't know. I don't buy into him still. There's just something there that I just, I, I, he does win games. I don't get it. Like, help me with this. Like, these are not like it's, impressive. I don't know. The like, Jimmy they, McGinsey oh, quote. He's like, they, they have made a mistake. They do not fear you, and they should because you are, there is no tomorrow. So that makes you very dangerous. Yeah. All That's he's, exactly what it is. And You're the right. quote that it sums up the play, his play on the season the best. They asked him on the Pat McAfee show, you just had this big win. What are you about to do right now? He's like, I'm going to go drive home, drop a couple of Zins in, and play some Madden, order my Jordans. It's like, <laughs> that's the that's the kind of guy that we're rooting for. He's just a bro. He's like still in a fraternity. It's, it's funny, though. I was literally at this So Every Sunday I have this tradition where I – uh, I, I live in, I live in this little town here in Northern California. I go to this place, our pizza place there at 1130. I usually take like one or two of my kids. Today, half of my whole family went. And this randomly today, like, I'll go. There's always this, bro, this Dolphins lady and this, like, Bills lady. But all of a sudden, now the last couple of weeks, there's this commander's guy showing up randomly in a Heineke jersey. So maybe he's getting a little bit more. Like, I, I was like, a Heineke? Like, it literally, like, kind of, like, it kind of threw me off. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, as I, I was like, maybe he is. Maybe he's starting to get a little fan base there. Like, he does. There is something to be said about a guy like that where, like, he just wins. Like, there is yeah. that part of it, like a blue collar type of quarterback where, like, maybe he should be the quarterback. Maybe he should get a couple of years to see what he can do. That franchise is maybe the perfect franchise for him, too. It just, it's going to ruin him, I think, being in that, like, ownership fiasco. Because yeah, probably so. they're already putting James Robinson through the ringer. Like, did you see Dan Snyder's comments? Like, they shouldn't be looking into our felony record because our running back was shot twice in the off off season. So let's be focusing on that. Snyder, Snyder, he should not say. Yeah, the NFL, like, that's a weird deal too. Like, that's why I think maybe Heideke has this like kind of like. Come on, maybe you, if you watch the replacements, then you do believe in like fairy tale stories. Maybe there's a oh, yeah. he, he takes over us. That's what I'm saying. They're gonna beat Dallas twice at the end of the season. <laughs> Take that, Logan. Take They're gonna win three out of four. That's that's how it's gonna go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Speaking right. of Logan, oh, I gotta go up over the top of the quote so that people can still see me. I don't have a long enough neck. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, Vegas had the Cowboys' favorite day. My dad, who is a pastor, was strongly considering putting money on the Vikings. Luckily, he didn't lose my inheritance. Oh, oh he thinks OBJ's going to the Cowboys. What do you think about that? I will, was that the team? I thought there was another team that was getting hyped up today. Was that the team? I thought there was one other one that I was hearing about a little bit on the on the radar. Was it the nine? The Niners I know got the love last week on the OB uh, the the backup stuff. Um, I think the Cowboys would be a, a typical take, but if I were them, I wouldn't do that. I would just stay. I would stay the course. Uh, it would be yeah. There might be too many, not enough footballs to go around at that point. Um, I would. 
he goes it goes back to this comment that he left earlier too. He doesn't even know anymore. There's a lot that's up in the air with the oh, yeah. the NFC NFC East and Which is totally uh, outperformed me what I thought ever. So oh, very impressive NFC. I I was calling it the NFC least when yep. we did our division predictions on our show uh, at FEOT Boob Hodge. We should cut that. <laughs> We should go back and cut some of our worst takes from that. That's some of our best. We should go back. We, well, I always, just in the interest of trying to go viral, I always send in our bad takes to the app freezing cold takes on, on Twitter. I oh, always yeah. try. Just so yeah. that, like, maybe one of them will catch fire. They're like, look, what the fucking idiot. I'm like, yeah, but tell them the podcast, please. <laughs> I am an idiot, but you can listen to me be an idiot every week, every Thursday, <laughs> at FEOTV Pod, everywhere that you can get your podcast. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's why we do this. Yeah, and we're uh, we'll get to our final segment here, then we can kind of wrap up and yeah. send everybody home. I don't have school to get to tomorrow, which I'm very happy about. I do have wrestling practice, but that's until the afternoon. So I have a regular work day, but no no PE tomorrow. So that kind of, as you know, kind of lightens the the, the focus of the mind. So we're yeah. gonna get a little bit. <laughs> uh, Sunday night football, Kansas City wins 30 to 27, sweeps the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Chargers are dealing with a lot of injuries again. They always seem to do that. And I saw a video on social media going around like um, the Broncos and Raiders are arguing with each other about how bad it's going to be to watch their game. And then they say, well, maybe let's just send all our healthy players to the Chargers. I think he said, yeah, let's send all four healthy players that we have between the two teams to the Chargers. And the Chargers go, oh, nobody ever gives me anything except too much hype in the offseason. Mm. Oh, I love it. I, I love it because my co-host always – he always – the last two years he's picked the Chargers to make the Super Bowl. And I've been like, what are you like? He just – he falls in love with these young quarterbacks like Herbert and stuff like that, who is good. But the whole team needs that. And the Chargers are like, they're, they're kind of cursed to a little bit too at those things. So I can't go with that team ever. Um, oh, sorry. That's my computer. We have uh, a, a saying on our show, the Chargers are going to charge her. And that's a great say because that's usually what happens. And, and the Chiefs, again, like they just pull it out. Like they're like the greatest comeback team. Why are they so underrated? I don't consider them underrated at all. Other than at the beginning of the season when we do the hard time, the cold take, right? Like that's but the, all they're – they're the four seed right now. Like they're the four seed. They're not up there at the top. I think that people are, are kind of giving them, you know, they were on their bye week a couple weeks ago. And when they're on their bye, people still aren't thinking about them. That's, I think that they're, everybody knows that they're good and everybody knows that it's so difficult to beat them, but they still somehow go under the radar at, well, at some level. I, I hear you. They, well, now at this window, they are the top in the AFC this week. And, I, I just think that I, I consider I I don't consider them like that, so that's surprising me that people would. I understand the receiver depth going down again. Maybe Tony's hurt again. I thought that was maybe a good pickup for them last week. We talked about that, like how that could be something Mahomes takes advantage of. He goes down this week, so maybe that you know puts him back in a bind. But and then Juju's out, which seemed like he was starting to figure out a little thing with him. To me, anybody I think they're underrated at this point is just I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what are you wishful thinking? What are you smoking at this point? Like that's kind of the best. I I I don't get it. Like I I mean, they're just if they get down by four points, are you? If they get down by fifteen points, I'm not worried about them. I'd bet more money on them. I mean, if I could live bet them at a plus one whatever down, uh, that's Tadiko shout out. I would do that immediately. That team is 
cold-blooded, honestly. I, you know me. I'm a basketball guy. Like, that's how I look. And they are cold-blooded. Fourth quarter, they they will win a game. Like, he's the best player in the NFL. And I don't – honestly, Jimmy, like, you're you're more hardcore football than me. I know this. I, we do this. To me, he's by far the best football player in the league. Like, I just – that's because when I watch him, he just makes <laughs> plays that other people don't do yeah. at the quarterback well, position. He, he gives the, them an advantage, a massive advantage. You know what I'm going to say? He's what? the Steph Curry of the NFL. Yeah, it's a good call. That's because they both are the best at things that nobody else can attempt, and they do everything else that they're supposed to do very well also. It's not a one-trick. There are, like, Lamar Jackson, I would say, is a one-trick. He can have some days where he throws for a decent amount and, and can get a few touchdowns, but – he is a one-trick pony compared to where Patrick Mahomes, if he doesn't have to do the crazy outlandish stuff, he can still beat you and beat you very handily. Yeah. So I think Steph is in, in that same lane to where he's getting better at his defense. And now he's the most dynamic player offensively. I know that they're struggling as a team, but I would still say last year, like Nico and I would have conversations weekly. Be like, "What does what do the Nuggets have to do?" It's like, "Well, they can't really do anything because you got to chase all these stupid little rabbits around." And it's either Clay Thompson open in the corner for three, or it's either Steph taking a thirty-three footer for three, and they both go in. And Jokic is just standing there, like, "I can't do everything. Thank you very much. Thank you." <laughs> That's what the Chiefs do, basically. <laughs> That's the Chiefs. Yeah, it's Travis Kelsey and. Did you see the play where Travis Kelsey oh. tried to pitch it back to Batman? I was thinking that was going to work for a second. Me too. I thought it was too. I, I, they're, they're creative like that. You're right. That's a good call with the Warriors create thing, dude. That's actually a good call right there. Like, I actually like that call. But, like, I, I, I just feel like when they're down, that's when they're really dangerous. And, like, uh, I don't know. The Chiefs, whoever to me thinks that they're underrated, just, I don't know. You haven't, you haven't been watching. <laughs> this team ain't underrated. Are you on board with Andy Reid as a Hall of Famer? I remember – so I started my first podcast, The Center of Attention, back when I was in college, and that was like right. – the third episode was after the Chiefs beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl, and okay. I had my dad on, and he was like, yeah, no, I I, I kind of missed the fact that he was a former offensive lineman because I love seeing – my dad was a college offensive lineman. I was a college offensive lineman. He goes, I love seeing offensive linemen be successful, and Andy Reid definitely kind of solidified his Hall of Fame status tonight. Do you think that he is kind of – Especially now going back to another Super Bowl. He's been to two or been to three, one one. He's lost the two, but Andy Reid, I think, is definitely gonna be in the Hall of Fame and very soon after the, the day he retires. I think he's definitely Hall of Famer. I don't even think it's close. I think he's in first ballot. I mean, like on he didn't have the Super Bowl to back it up, I know, but like if you watch the games, he was a Super Bowl coach after he left the Eagles. Like I mean he was like he was that he should have won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. Yeah, he made like what I I know it was four NFC champions. It might have been five, but like I know they he lost was, all those. That, but those Donovan McNabb teams were like always in the NFC championship. His teams. This is why you know he's a good coach. This is I know we've talked about it. They always went after a bye. His team is always always prepared better than other teams in the second half. And like you know what I mean. And like even if maybe he's lost the Super Bowl or what, and I know AF. That's still making it to the final four that many times. That's still quite impressive. <laughs> still, let's not underrate that, like, one significant. Like, yeah, maybe Tom Coughlin had two, two Super Bowls, but, like, this my, this man is there every year. Like, that, I do respect that type of stuff. So I do think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I 
he's kind of just continued to solidify it. And oh, yeah. that team is now doing it again with a new batch of receivers and doing it in a different way. Because when you don't have Tyreek Hill, you can't throw it 85 yards on every single play. Uh, so the team is different, but they're still good. They also lost their running back. Clyde edwards Lair went down with an injury. I wasn't sure to see if he, he got back into the game. But the 30-27 to 27 victory and a season sweep of your division rival, that's success all around. And you're now the number one seed in the AFC if the playoffs were to start today. Yeah. With about four weeks, uh, five weeks left in the season. We're at week 12, and we go to 17. There we go. Social studies teacher doing math. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. He's on an off week, people. Give him a break. Uh, <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, predictions for Monday Night Football. Tyler, San Francisco Ooh, 49ers yeah, yeah. going to Glendale to play Cliff Kingsbury and uh, Kyle Murray and the Call of Duty Arizona Cardinals. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Uh, not Call of Duty. Uh, he studies film, okay, people? That's what he does. Call of Duty showcase in Mexico this week, I heard. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So he's going to be hungover, and uh, I should. Oh, yeah, it is being played in Mexico City, too. I forgot about that. Yep, it is a Mexico City game. That puts a wrench into things. Joey, do you think Nick Bosa is is stoned half the time? I think he's stoned half the time. The last couple of mic'd up videos that I've seen at his press conference, the Fred Warner was, like, giving this impassioned speech. He's like, we got to get here. We got to swarm to the ball. We swarm. Finishes and then, like two seconds later, he's just saying, "Go." I couldn't agree more. <laughs> he's probably yeah. I think you're right. Maybe he is a little. He's getting a little. Uh, little he plays in San Francisco. Coming. No offense to Tyler, but I know the region. Yeah, I dabbles quite a bit in the Devil's region in in the Devil's lettuce. Yeah, I live. Let's see, I live an hour away from the the mid the, the, the triangles. Yeah, we live right. We live right next to you. Yeah, I've been to Humboldt, California. It smelled like a skunk. Well, yeah, you've never been to a Raiders game walking through the parking lot in Oakland. Like, oh, you, you get to find it there all the time. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Like, I just think the Monday night game, I feel like the Mexico City thing does make it interesting because uh, it's a mile and a half. Uh, 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 gosh, what am I thinking? Evolution. It's a mile and a half. And you guys live in Denver. And I always find, I find that interesting because you guys are a mile up or maybe not exactly where you live, but very close to that. And um, – I feel like the Niners have been practicing in Colorado the last week and a half, and they're they're gonna so they're flying out. Uh, I feel like on Thursday, so they're gonna they're gonna be out there a little bit longer. And they, like I said, they've been practicing in Colorado at the higher elevation. The Cardinals are gonna come there tomorrow or the day before. So I think to, tonight they flew out there or this morning. The last time there was a game in Mexico, the the Patriots were out there a week and a half before. They and the Raiders flew out the day before. This is three years ago, but the Raiders were down twenty-one nothing to start the game, and the Patriots went to a no huddle. I don't know why I remember this part of this game. I I just do. I so I'm very interested to see if the Niners, who have been training in high altitude, take advantage of this in some certain way. That's the only thing I'm looking like. If I had to give up any type of thing, that's what I'd be looking forward in the first quarter. And I think I think the Niners win this game. McCoy's going to start too, I believe, right? I think he is. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure what's going on with Kyler. Um, I kind of want to say it, it's not going to matter. I the being a, a training in Colorado is okay. It's not going to be. 
there's a difference between where I'm at and then just the 30 minutes that it takes me to drive to where my school is. It's like a thousand foot elevation more where my school is. And there's a difference walking around and, and playing football there. So training in Denver at 5280 is cool. But you go out to Mexico City where it's like 1230, 12,300 feet elevation. It's your lungs just aren't if you unless you're there in that actual elevation for a long enough time, your lungs are never going to be prepared for it. That's why where I went to school, we were at 7,500 feet. We had an advantage every single home game because we could go into no huddle formation and we had more red blood cells in our body because we were training at such a high altitude year round. So the being there for the week and a half is going to be more beneficial than the training that they did in Denver. There's also the theory that I guess if you just go out there the day before your body doesn't have enough time to get behind in itself and maybe you could push yourself a little bit more. It's going to total, totally deplete you afterwards because you're going to go from like 1,000 to 12,000 back down to 1,000 in the span of 48 hours. And that just does a number on your body. Um, it's strange. I mean, this is why I don't think that issue, the elevation issue with Mexico City and the time zone issue with Europe is the reason why it's hard for me to think that the NFL is actually going to get teams that are abroad and outside of the United States. It just, oh, yeah. It's already hard enough with just the East and West Coast. Could you imagine the advantage you'd have playing in Mexico City? <laughs> <laughs> Those guys get, never get tired. I don't know what to tell you. Those Aztecs, they're like running up and down the field for 60 full minutes. <laughs> they're the only team that comes into Denver and runs the Broncos all around the stadium. Hey, can I, when you go to play, like when you go to a place that's not at high altitude, do you notice a difference immediately? Or does it like, I, swim in, about, I people, swim in the oxygen. Uh, uh, like, cause people talk about noticing it when they get to it. But I was wondering, do you guys notice it when you get out of it? Like, I, I, we would do a, a our preseason camp in Fort Lauderdale, Florida every year. And that was 5,000 feet less than where we were. And we would go down there and we would mess something up because it was preseason. And our coach would say, go run around. It was like 300 yards. Go run around the light, pull it back. And you'd run and come yeah. back. And you're like, oh, wow. There's an abundance of oxygen down here. <laughs> <laughs> so you really can't was, have you you've seen uh have you seen uh space balls yes yeah it the president with the can and the yes it's <laughs> <sighs> 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 like <laughs> i was like send me a kid coach i got another one in me <laughs> i'm just flying to colorado and back honey i'll be right back just for that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mountaineer is different. We have different red blood cells than everybody else. Um, yeah, differently, differently. Uh, that's interesting. Go. But they'll be. They'll, I'm curious about that. That does add a little intrigue for tomorrow's game for me. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little different there. Uh, who do you have for your prediction, Arizona or San Francisco? I got the Niners, man. I got the Niners covering. I got the covering the spread too in this game as well. I think the Niners. I expect them to win by over 15 points. I think they kill the Cardinals tomorrow. Yeah, and the spread that I'm seeing right now is San Francisco minus eight, uh, yeah. over under 43. I think the over is a safe bet. I think San Francisco with eight is probably a safe bet also, especially if it's uh, Colt McCoy playing. 
Colt McCoy has like one good game where nobody has film on him, and then everybody remembers, oh yeah, this is how we beat Colt McCoy. And then the next week he has nothing for nothing for anybody. No. Um, so I'm thinking I'm also picking the San Francisco 49ers. And now we get into our turkey day predictions. Turkey Day. Before we get into our Turkey Day predictions, this will be our uh, uh, Seat Geek question here, as I'm interested. Do you have a specific dish that you're looking forward to the most that maybe might be outside of the box a little bit for your family's Thanksgiving celebration? Say that one more time. Do you have a specific dish that you are looking forward to for your Thanksgiving celebration that might be a little bit outside the box or maybe maybe something that you're just looking forward to that you only get once a year? I don't know how I like natural. We usually like my aunt makes these like cheesy potatoes with broccoli. Like I don't think that's a natural Thanksgiving thing, but man, they're something I look forward to every single year. I I told my wife I have I started running a little bit more today, just preparing for Thursday's meal. I like to be able to eat a little bit extra, so we got to start exercising a little bit more the next four days to get ready for it. So the cheat, cheat. That's why I'm going to wrestling practice. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good idea. Cheesy potatoes. Uh, you know what I mean? That's gonna fill you up immediately with turkey. I go all in, so uh, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. So that's that's my meal. How about you? We uh, so my my dad, we're hosting it this year, so we have the turkey in our fridge. It's a 20 plus pound turkey, it's a big bird. Nice. Um, that's a big one. and yeah, and we do homemade chicken noodle soup every year. So my oh. dad rolled uh, t- what made 12, 12 eggs worth of dough. And we rolled it out and we cut it into homemade noodles that we'll put in a broth. And we have uh, we, we have a family recipe that we we only kind of do this on like sometimes we do it for Christmas, but not often. It's mainly just Thanksgiving and possibly Easter or something like that. It's like an Italian kind of tradition type thing. Um, so I'm looking forward to because we we do that. Then we get into the turkey meal and then we're a big football family. So we watch <laughs> we watch the Detroit game. We watch the Dallas game, then we watch the Sunday night game. It's normally the Baltimore game, but uh, and we're playing board games all throughout the day too. It's it's a fun time. I don't, uh, you guys ever more, do a turkey bowl with the family or anything, or do you just do board games? Uh, you just watch the game. We did, we did. I was two years old. My cousin tackled me, and I broke my arm. I don't think we've had a family. <laughs> I don't think we've had a family flag football game since. <laughs> Nothing will end that. Nothing will end that sooner than a broken arm. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, all I remember, my dad was holding me. I was crying, and then he's like, "All right." For whatever reason, I was like, "He blow. If he blows on it, it feels better." So he's just like standing there. He's like blowing on it. Like he, he has the chicken nugget that's too too hot. He's like, "That's funny." <laughs> I feel better. Thank you. Oh. Um, no, yeah. Thanksgiving story. is gonna be is gonna be great. Um, yeah. We have a new great grandchild. He's like two years old now, so awesome. he's get like his own personality and talking a little bit. That's so, really, yeah, yeah that's he'll really be fun. He'll be over at the house and uh, you know the puppers and, and everything like that. It'll be a good time just to see yeah. the family and and have some time away from school. And then I guess we can maybe throw this into our predictions: Ohio State, Michigan on Saturday. Yep, well, in the cool. horseshoe for the first time since 2019. That's a big you, deal. Yeah. Do you? I don't know how big it is on the West Coast. It's big, big for no, me. Big, I I watched no, the HBO is. documentary that they have. Yeah. How do you lean one way or the other in that rivalry? Yeah, I do. Ohio State. I do. It's so funny. Like, I you probably have my my brother occasionally is on the podcast, but 
me and my brother like this is the game because out here the game starts at 9 a.m so it's like immediately you get up this game's right it's on it's snowing the game's over by noon but like it's a 9 a.m kickoff so it's oh it's 9 a.m for you guys yeah 9 a.m so it's always a big game for us like i would love that yeah it's awesome like it's usually snowing it's cold out so it feels like a big game for us and like i always go i and this i've always gone michigan Okay. I don't know what it is. We're on the same page. Yeah, I've always leaned Michigan a little bit more. There was a small period of time where I did go Ohio State, but it but it wasn't like it wasn't anything for a period. It was just like a, when Michigan. This is probably in the late '90s where I went Ohio State a couple of times. But for the most part, I always go Michigan a little bit. So I, I'm 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 pulling for Michigan to beat them again this week. Yeah. No. I'm, uh, I was a Michigan person. I have an uncle who all of his family like went and taught at Ohio state and he, for his 50th birthday, he got like tickets to go out and see a game in the horseshoe, uh, the game against Michigan in the horseshoe. That'd be sick. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> for as lopsided as it kind of is, I know Harbaugh just got his first win against Michigan last season. These games are always very close. And I love the fact that, like you, like you said, it's normally snowing. It's normally miserable where those people are, and the fact that you have the liability for brawls to kick off the game—that was like, <laughs> as as stupid as as toxic masculine as it, as it might be in those preseason scrimmages or like those games against the in division rivals that you just could not stand. I loved the fact that we would start the game off with a brawl or there was a like liability for some, some sort of melee. Nico and I have, I pulled Nico out of, he, he made this sweet tackle on the opposing team sidelines. We were up by like 30 and right. they were not happy. And they were a local team. It was out in Vegas for a national tournament. So okay. they, they had all of their parents and they were like screaming he makes a tackle on their sideline and all of their kids just like swarm on top of him and like start throwing punches and kicks and everything. He and I were playing on the same side of the defense. So I'm naturally the closest person to him. So I have to go in there and get him. And I was like, ah, shit. (laughs) Nico, what did you get me into right now? And I don't even hit anybody else on their team. And I'm like, like put blocking everything. The only thing that I do is I grab Nico by his back plate and I pick him up, and I'm trying to drag him back to the sideline. My dad's trying to pull me back, and, and Nico's standing there as I'm picking him up. And he's like, you, yeah. he's still fighting like That's crazy. Hilarious. Like, I love, I love that energy in a football game. That's that's what I live for. Hey, before we, I know because we did talk college football just for a second. I do want to ask you though: is is that your you guys? I live in California. I find that the most intriguing college football rivalry. Do you find that the most intriguing college football rivalry outside of Alabama LSU is close to me when they're both good, but that's the only other one. Now that uh, Michigan and not Michigan, Nebraska and Colorado don't play each other the day after Thanksgiving every year anymore. I would say that Michigan and Ohio state definitely is. Um, That was, that used to be the Friday after Thanksgiving. And there's a couple days where I remember, especially when they were playing, in boulder and it would be snowing and i would be like waking up late from the family gathering on thanksgiving day and it's the the friday after you don't have school and like walking outside in the snow yeah, 9 a.m game i'm telling you those yeah. those, you remember those out on the west coast you yeah those? no they're 10 a.m games out here and, and yeah. it's it, it is just like the pageantry of what nebraska and colorado had for a while 
and that like 30 for 30 with coach McIntyre, where they're talking about uh, the season where the season where they lost Sal and Essie and Nebraska was holding up the signs. Like where's Sal now in the year after he died and Alfred Williams, who's a Super Bowl champion with the Denver Broncos, is staring down the camera like, I was ready to fucking kill him. <laughs> like, oh, that is a rivalry. They hate each other. Dude, I don't even think about that one, so I'm going to have to go back and watch that again and think yeah. about that one. Like, it's funny you don't think about areas. I know we're getting off track a little bit, but that you're right. That is a good one there, for sure. If anybody yeah. hasn't said that, that is a good 30 for 30. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the gospel according to Coach Mack. If you have ESPN+, yeah, plus, exactly I, it, so. I would – I would recommend um, Turkey Day predictions. First game is Buffalo at Detroit. Buffalo gets to stay in Michigan for the rest of the week. In Michigan, the rest of the week. Um, obviously, talent-wise, this should be an easy one. And the fact that the Detroit kids a Thanksgiving game every season now that Barry Sanders is no longer the running back, I, I don't know why. Um, where, where are you leaning towards in this one between Buffalo and, and Detroit? First of all, again, this is always a 9:30 game, so it's always one that we I usually miss a lot, especially when it's always it's usually Lions and a crappy like Bears that are way way better than them, or they'll you know it's just a terrible game. One year I remember the Texans talking about an awful game. I got the Lions, I got the uh, I got the Bills winning this one. Them being in Detroit again, I'm assuming they're going to stay there. I'm assuming. I don't think they can get back into Buffalo right now. Yeah, There's 77 I mean, inches of snow. I'm assuming they'll be. I'm assuming they'll be all business. So I would expect the Bills to win this game. Um, I expect a, and I would expect the Bills to get over forty points in this game. I, I, you know, I don't know. I feel like they're due for kind of a big game. The Lions are definitely capable of giving up that. So I would have bet the over in this game too, if I was anybody. Buffalo is favored at nine and a half, and then the over under is at fifty two and a half. So they're expecting a lot of points, and uh, it, the Lions at home this season have been able to kind of keep things close. So. Maybe yeah. I would – with the plus nine and a half on Detroit, I don't necessarily think that Buffalo has shown me anything to say that they'd win by more than that. I think that the the Detroit side of things might be something to be interested in. I look um, forward to talking to you next week about this, then, my friend. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm going to bet – now that I'm a teacher, I can't really bet my own money. I'm just saying, you know, plus nine no, and a half for that. Detroit. Um, yeah, never been that. But I do think that Buffalo is going to win the game. I just think that Detroit might keep it close. Yeah. Uh, sure. Second game, the Dallas game, the Giants and Cowboys. When I first saw this game on the schedule, I was like, Jesus, why are we going to have to watch the, the Cowboys and the Giants in prime time? And now they're both seven and three and fighting for number one in the, in a, in the NFC beast. So I'm very happy that we're going to be able to see these two teams. And I kind of, I'm I'm thinking I'm picking the I'm picking the Giants because I think Brian Dable I trust him more than I trust Mike McCarthy. The thing with Mike McCarthy is when he starts to think and he starts to outsmart himself, that's when his teams suck and they start going <laughs> downhill. And I think on he's playing on Thanksgiving Day, he's like, okay, we have three days to prepare after our last game. What are we going to work on? It's this, this, and this, and he gets lost in the sauce. And then Brian Dable's just going to be out there. He's like, run Saquon up the middle. Run Saquon up the middle. Let's it, keep doing that until they stop it, and they're not going to be able to stop it. It's funny you say that about that game at the beginning of the year. That was an awful game looking at the beginning of the year, like for Thanksgiving. And this is always – like I, I always have to relate it because it's on Thanksgiving. I got to break my fail. This is always a game where it like literally the fourth quarter starts. 
All right, Thanksgiving dinner, everybody. So, like, so this is a DVR. We checked the fourth quarter DVR I gave here, uh, on the, where I where I'm at usually. I expect, you know what? I'm at, I'm gonna just to kind of rival rival. Hopefully, Logan's still watching. He'll watch tomorrow, right? If he's not watching now, I'm picking the Giants, Logan. I think the Giants are gonna beat this game, win this game this week. I I think you'll expect that as well. I think you're expecting some negativity, so I think the Giants pull it out. Barkley, 22 yards. I can't see that again. I, I, And I know the Cowboys' defense is good, but I just – I don't know. I have this – I don't weird think they're feeling. as good in the run. Their pass rush is great. I don't know. I just they have this – I'm just going to take the Giants. I don't really have a reason why. I just kind of think the Giants are due for a, kind of a bounce-back game after today's dead. Uh, and then the last game on Thursday, the, the last Ooh. game that we'll be making our pick, the NBC, Chris Collinsworth, Mike Tirico. New England at Minnesota. Um, again, at the beginning of the season, I would have thought that these two teams would have been like five and four trying to fight for their sixth win of the season. Uh, both of them, I think, have eclipsed six. Um, the New England, kind of the worst side of, of the equation, obviously. Minnesota with Kirk Cousins now coming off of a 40-3 to three loss. Not a lot of time to turn that around, get that out of your head. I, I'm not – necessarily sure where I'm, I'm going to go with this one so i'm going to i'm going to throw it to you first where where's your prediction going on that last game on thursday yeah that's it's kind of an interesting night game here i'm going to go with the vikings in this one i, I feel like they feel like they'll bounce back and the, the patriots as good as i as much as i trust belichick and i think he can take away jefferson i think the vikings will be motivated for this game i, I just i, I i'm going to take the vikings in this one yeah and Talent-wise, I think, you know, the defense of New England has been good, but they don't have anybody that I think can stand up to Justin Jefferson. So that's where I'm kind of going to lie. And then Dalvin Cook as well, I think that's a good one-two punch. Um, so that's, I think, a good place where, where we can kind of send things off. We've been going here for a couple hours. Real quickly, before we sign off, let's make sure we let everybody know where you can uh, – Find your show, yours and Tyler's show at Fat Boy Fadeaway on uh, social media. But then, where can people? Uh, what days and uh, times can people find you on on your shows and everything like that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Jimmy. First of all, thanks for hosting again this week. Uh, like I said, let's, the show's not the same when you're not here. Like it, you, uh, you do bring you, you bring more to the show than weekend football. So I, I do I do appreciate you joining us. It's, it's always better when you're on this week, uh, on the show uh, week in and week out. So uh, just appreciate your football knowledge, uh, first of all, to just bringing that to the show here. Uh, you can find us at, at Flatboy Fadeaway Sports uh, on Twitter. Look for Ty- Tyler's on us, uh, co-hosting as well. He's uh, in Disneyland this week, but we'll be back next week at it. We've been doing a little bit more basketball pot, uh, post games there, so maybe we can get you guys on come around nuggets time there. They're get they're going to match up here. You guys, so, yeah. You guys so don't we, care about basketball knowledge. I guess I can come on and talk about basketball. Nico well, would be no, a good no, no, one. I like, I like both. I like getting even that stuff, just talking trash, even to get about it. But you get my point. Like, so yeah. we'll be doing that with that boy, fadeaway sports there. And so we've been doing that every Sunday morning, been doing a few more warriors podcasts there. So you can check us out there. But, uh, I know you're going to have the last word here. So I just want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, my friend, and just appreciate you, uh, Kind of this journey we've been on, I guess, in some ways, you know, meeting you over Twitter a little bit and then doing it over Variety Sports Network. So I just wish you a good, uh, you and your family a, a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I think that's a good place to uh, wish everybody that's watching a happy Thanksgiving. If you're checking this out either live or on demand on Variety Sports Network, uh, 
hopefully it's a great holiday and that you have a, everybody has a lot to be thankful for even with the craziness of the last few years it's it's been a, a good time to kind of think back and and remember the people that have been there and, and by your side and this has been awesome so want to remind everybody this is talking the great army exclusive home of the nfl content here on the variety sports network you can follow them at variety underscore sports underscore you can subscribe to the youtube channel that you're watching on right now um and then you can catch me with nico on my other podcast far into the bench at feotb pod every thursday here on the variety sports network as well as on our own youtube channel so subscribe to that all that good stuff everybody have a great holiday darren it was awesome to get to uh, talk some football with you we will see everybody next week Thank mm-hmm. you.